This is a 1984 Flyer Die podcast. installment of the 1984 Fly Dot Podcast. And this week's episode is a scorcher. It's hot. Real hot. I interviewed Freak John. That's right, Freak John. She is a businesswoman, a hustler. And she was awesome enough to come down to the show to discuss everything about exotic dancing, sex work, and she shared a very, very interesting perspective. So interesting, in fact, that it blew my mind, and I wish you could have seen my face during the interview, because my jaw dropped many times, many times. I thoroughly enjoyed having her as a guest. And I hope to have her on again sometime. So instead of me going on a long-winded, you know, story about the podcast or hitting you with like some random facts about my day, man, fuck all that. <laughs> For real. Let's just get down to the nitty-gritty. It's time for the show. All right, welcome to another episode of the 1984 Fly Dive Podcast. This is episode four, and I'm sitting with the lovely and accomplished, and let's not forget, hustling ass, okay? <laughs> hustling, Freak John. But is that the name you want to go by, or? Yeah, you can call me Freak John. All right, Freak John's in the house. <laughs> um, it's a pleasure. Uh, I first discovered her via the social media realm, Instagram, <laughs> And because there was an event she was throwing for us, an all-fem event, all-fem uh, lingerie event. Yes. A lingerie event. It was an all-female lingerie party, and those that identify as femme. Word. So she had uh, that event. I said, hmm, who's this person? I uh, saw more of her on Instagram, and from that, I went to her actual website, which is freakjoin.com, which is F-R-E-A-K-J-A-W-N.com. And I went there, and I went to her um, site, saw the photos, I saw the mission statement, and the mission statement was celebrating um, whole life. So now that's the first question I want to ask you about. Okay. See, the word hoe um, often often has like, you know, a less than favorable connotation to it. Mm-hmm. So whole life on your site is celebrated. Yes. Um, what does yes. the word mean to you, and how are you able to give it a different life um, while breaking away from the stigma? Okay, well, I can kind of give you the backstory as to why it's called Whole Life and kind of answering that question. Um, So basically, you know, I'm a sex worker. And when I think of the word hoe, I think of somebody who has sex for money. I don't think of it as, I don't know what other people do, but I just see it as somebody who, you know, that's what it should be. Um, I think a lot of women that use the word now and a lot of people use the word now just to describe somebody who's promiscuous. But that's not what it means to me and that's not what it means, you know, on my website and in the future on my book. 
Um, it's really, like I said, it's just a woman who has a person who has sex for money. Um, and I'm also celebrating it to take back the power. Words are very powerful. Yes. Um, I guess I would consider myself a linguistic person. I'm a writer, so you have to use words. Mm-hmm. And I, have, I had a very strict English teacher in element, me in uh, high school. And so words were really big to me and it was really kind of pushed down my throat, like know how to use your words powerfully. So I'm wanting to take back the power of that word and really what that word means. And I don't want people to, or for people that don't are not about that lifestyle to use that word in a negative way. Because I don't like the fact that when a man is, man is called a hoe, it's a different connotation than when a woman is called a hoe. And I'm not really trying to... Um, do the gender against gender thing. Mm-hmm. So I think I would like to stick to gender neutrality, which is what I'm doing with that. See, it's interesting that you mentioned that because yeah, because I had a revelation of later in life because of course I, I grew up on like the rapper, like uh, their approach to that terminology. Yes. You know, like, yes. yeah, you know, like uh, pimps up, holes down or things of that nature. Yes. So of course, me coming up with my guy friends, you know, the word "ho" was used in not a friendly way. It's a derogatory, a derogatory term. term. Mm-hmm. But as you got older, I was like, listen, if I'm doing the same thing yes. that these women are doing, and if I'm calling these women hoes, uh-huh. I am the same thing. You and are and you aren't. I mean, you are, but it's not going to be the same powerful, like I said. Right. It's not going to be the same power. The word loses its power when you use the word. Right. The word loses its power when you're using the word about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the same way like the word bitch or, you know, when a woman, and that's that's a whole nother. <laughs> bitch right. has so many connotations in the female realm. Because mm-hmm. you can be like, what's up, bitch? But then you could be like, fuck that bitch. Right. And then you could be like, that bitch made ass nigga. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, something else. That's a whole nother thing of saying, like, um, so a guy has to be a female to be less than. So, and then you have bitch actual, like, I have a bitch, I have a female dog. So, as I said, I love words. I'm very, I'm, words are very funny. They're fun to use. And it's interesting how words change over years. Like, the word jazz used to mean fuck. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know that. So, it was considered fucking music. Yes, it was. And, you know... A lot of people don't know that, so yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, like I said, for a whole life, um, I just wanted to take the ba- the power of that word back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a friend who lives in San Francisco, actually, mm-hmm. and I told him about it, and he was like, I fucking love it. And that was a guy who helped me, you know what I'm saying? That's a guy empowering me and saying, you know what? You took back the power of that word. Right. And like, kind of like how you felt. Like, like I said, I like to make people, I like to trigger people. because women are triggered every day living in society, especially black women. So I want to trigger people back so they can understand how we feel. like that. So it's kind of like the idea that words are like people. Words are layered. People are are layered. Yes. I mean, people, words come from people. The idea of language comes from people. I mean, animals have their own language too, Mm -hmm. but just beings, I should say beings, you know, they have a type of language. And like you said, as people were so multifaceted. So of course our words are going to be multifaceted. And then sometimes words get lost in translation. You know, the idea of like, I speak Spanish as well. So sometimes a word in Spanish doesn't have the same meaning or even in the gay community, there's different words, you know? Um, So it's so many, like I said, just so many different terms. Like, and I've, I'm still learning. I'm very quick to ask somebody, what is, what do you mean by that word? Or what do you mean in that setting of a word? Um, Someone once asked me, um, 
was I an opportunist? And I didn't know how to answer that question because we're raised as black people to be like, no, of course not. But then it's like, no, I am. But an opportunist in the sense of, I want to give them opportunity, but I want one in return. So like I said, it's just how words change and then how we're raised and um, translation of it. So So it almost seems like on your site and what you're doing, Mm -hmm. besides taking the power back, is also like you're giving power to communication. Yes. How we we can be able to connect with each other despite the backgrounds. Yes. In a way. Okay. I want people to, to, when you say communication, I want it to be, you know, I'd rather people ask questions than just make assumptions. Okay. I'd rather people really, truly be like, hey, what do you mean when you do this? What do you mean when you say that? What do you mean when you say you're a sex worker? What does that come with? What does that entail? What does that mean for me as your friend or as your boyfriend or as your sister, as your mother? want people to really start asking these questions for themselves and to the next person. But as we all know, try to ask politely. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not everybody's going to be polite. Not everybody's going to be um, have manners. But just, you know, versus calling somebody a name. Because right. I feel like calling a woman a hoe because she enjoys to have sex with multiple people is hurtful. It's very hurtful. And it's not just hurtful in the sense of, like, that's something mean to say. It's also hurtful to the idea of sexual liberation and sexual freedom. And it's very sexist to say. So I just want to bring love. Like, I'm a Libra. Right, okay. So I am the sign of love. Like, And I know people don't believe in astrology or whatever, but I do to an extent. Um, I think it's just another description of our personality. And just as a Libra, I really want to promote love, but I also want to promote education. But to love someone, you have to understand them and know them. Right. Well, as far as, uh, you know, the Zodiac signs are concerned, I'm a Scorpio. So, (laughs) yeah, so. (laughs) This interview's over now. (laughs) (laughs) I swear I'm one of the good ones. You guys are very, very intelligent. See, I I know something good about almost signs, so. Thank you. You guys are very, very intelligent. Appreciate it. Did your birthday come up or is it coming up? It passed last Friday. Ah, well, happy belated. See, and I knew I was like. (laughs) So this is like kind of like a gift for me being here for this uh, this podcast. (laughs) My mother's a Scorpio, actually. Shout out to your moms. Yeah, she's um, November 16th. What's today? Okay. That would have been funny. <laughs> like, uh, um, I'm estranged from my mother, so. <laughs> I can do it. So here's, I just mentioned that. Um, mm-hmm. Now, the Freak John as a brand. Yes. How did you come up with it? What, what was the, like, the deciding factor to say, you know what, I'm going to make this into a brand? And what is the, what are you hoping to do with, with the brand? Yes. Um, I love this question. <laughs> um, okay. So Freak John actually became a brand because as a stripper, mm-hmm. a lot of customers that come into the strip club are lawyers. We have a lot of lawyers and a lot of doctors. Um, lawyers are probably most, was most of my number one customers. Um, but uh, I had a lawyer friend and he kind of asked me, he was like, like kind of like what you said, what are you going to do with this? And he was like, you know, you can't be doing all this and somebody steals your idea right from under you. You can't be doing all this and someone steals the rights. So you need to like actually think about if you really want this. And I told him I did. So he helped me get my LLC, which is limited liability. <laughs> I should know the rest. <laughs> um, it's a corporation, is it? Yeah, I think okay. it's limited liability corporation. Okay. Um, and 
I would suggest that to anyone, male or female. If you have a, and you know it's going to be big, definitely do that. And it took me a year, so trust. I'm not saying that as like, you know, I was perfect with it. Right. Um, but the idea of Freak John came actually from, um, so I suffer with chronic depression. Um, I talk about this with most people that meet me, that know me, mm-hmm. something that I deal with. Um, depression's not really talked about in the black community. You know, just like UBI. <laughs> UBI is, a, is, a, is the answer to everything. <laughs> um, and even though I'm laughing, that's actually not funny. And that's like, that's not an answer to everything. But um, so uh, when I lived in Philly, people would call me a freak John. Because people would ask me, what do you do for a living? Right. And I was a stripper. And, I, you know, so I was like, I'm a stripper. And they would dim- dismiss me and be like, oh, you're a freak John. And I was like, what? I did not understand the word. Like, I'm originally from Chicago. Mm-hmm. So when I moved out here, um, when I was 21 turning 22, I just, every, you know, just heard the word all the time. And I actually used to be, like, I, I didn't like the word. I was like, oh, they always say that. And um, so when I left Philly, it's almost like, you know, as I say, you got to leave something to appreciate it. Right. So uh, when I was living in Miami, I, uh, like I said, I went through depression. And someone kind of basically told me, go back to what made you the happiest. Go back, not kind of go back to what you know, but what, what, when, when's the last time you were truly happy, content, safe? Mm-hmm. And I thought about Philly. I was like, that was, that was the last time. Wow. And I, like I told you, I'm from Chicago. I was born and raised in Chicago. My family was born and raised in Chicago. I have generations in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And I never felt safe at home. I love my home. I love Chicago. But I just did not feel safe. So living here, I felt much safer. And that's my personal experience. I know some people will really be shocked by that, but that's just me. So um, I, w- I thought about that, and then they were like, okay, well, do what you do with what you love. So what I did at the time was strip. What I love to do is write. So I put those two together, and you know, I thought about remembering that being called a freak John. And I, and I was like, that'd be a catchy name for a website. It is. um i didn't think it was gonna be as big you know it's and i love it i love that people really you know people are seeing the vision that i saw Mm -hmm. and i saw this two years ago and i was depressed and i was at a very low point a very very low point um if anybody deals with depression please hit me up actually like i that's something i know and i definitely like um so kind of to answer the last question what do i want freak john to eventually become i want it to be a really a safe space for almost everyone, for people who deal with depression, for people that do sex work, for people that are strippers, for people that are in the entertainment industry. Um, I have a lot of different ideas that I'm gonna do with my brand. I'm all, I told you I'm all about love. So everything I'm gonna do is with love. And whether that's educating people, whether that's throwing events, whether that's selling shirts, everything comes with love. And I know that seems like kind of um, very cliche, but it's the truth because that's what helps me beat my depression. Doing this every day, doing this brand, doing this for people, answering people's messages on the website because I have live chat available on my website. So you can talk to me in real time. Mm -hmm. Meeting people, people coming up to me, women talking to me and telling me that they do sex work. That's therapy and that's powerful. And for them to be able to be vulnerable and to open up to me goes back to love. So you got to give it to get it. So, um, yeah, I definitely want to do endeavors, uh, a lot of charitable work. And um, I want to open up shelters eventually. 
Nice. Like women, not just women's shelters, but um, shelters for anyone who's homeless, for anyone who's going through, you know, trying to rehabilitate our community. And I'm a mixed person, so I'm black, white, Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. So it's not just for one demographic well, you kind of get the point. You oh, know what I'm yeah. saying? <laughs> so it's it's just I just want to re we got we need rehealing as a people and as a society. And love does it. Love does do it. Wow. And I think people don't think about that, you know, um, because we just we live in a I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. We don't live in a society where we think about, damn, what could I do for somebody else today? Could I listen to them? Can I send them that Instagram message and say, hey, you know what? I love that. I'm like that. Like, I if I follow you on social media, I watch your things. Like, I watch what you do. Right. And if I like it, I'm, I'm going to tell you that I like it. Mm-hmm. And people need that. I never thought that, but people really need that. They do need somebody to be like, you know what? That's dope. Or you know what? I hope you have a good day. Or you know what? I like your hair. Those are compliments. I don't, I'm not, I don't want anything in return. I'm not doing it, you know, to get something. I genuinely feel that way. Even if I don't talk to you, even if I'm not sexually attracted to you, I think that's another thing. I want to get, I want people to move away from that. You don't have to do everything just for sex. Don't compliment me because you're trying to fuck me. What? Don't just hang out with me because you're trying to fuck me. Don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, do it because you actually enjoy it. And if that happens, that happens. And I think that's more authentic than just trying to seek and search and look for. And like I said, I'm saying this all from personal experience. I used to be that girl that's like, oh, I got to have a boyfriend or I got to have somebody. Trust me. Like, and if you look up anything about Libras, like we have, we're the sign of partnership. I mean, I have a partner now, but we're not sexual. She's my camera girl. No. <laughs> but I got a lot of people, though. So I got, I got a lot of people on my team, and I love them all. Like, mm-hmm. I listen to them. They know I'm there for them. My food is there. It's right. like, I just, I always show love. So. Speaking of showing love, I want to show love to your home, your home girl here, who's uh, <laughs> the videographer slash photographer for uh, yes, right now, yes. do, doing a thing in the back. That's so huge for me um, because I've worked for a lot of shitty bosses, mm-hmm. and I've worked for a lot of companies. I've and I've worked as a stripper, so I've always I've always been somebody's employee. So it's amazing to have someone technically, you know, work for me. But I I want to keep that in mind and also let them know that it's not just a job. It's a movement. So I think if more people thought that way, it wouldn't, everything is an exchange in this world. Whether you're going to 7-Eleven and you're buying something and then that money, you know. Mm-hmm. And stripping shows you that too. You see the, the power of the dollar move throughout the club. Um, a, lot of, a lot of what I'm telling you comes from my job too. I learned love at my job. They always say you can't ever find love in the strip club. You, you can and you can't. You know, it's artificial love, obviously, but it's still a sense of love because I give massages at work. Well, that's what I was doing when I was stripping. Mm-hmm. Um, and massages is taking somebody's energy. So I'm not going to touch on you if I, you know, find you creepy or you're disrespectful. Right. So, or you're not going to get a dance with me if I'm being rude to you. Mm-hmm. So you get what I'm saying? It's, it is love, but it's not like, don't ask to take me home or something. Because now we're crossing a boundary, and now we're, you know, stepping into other people's mental, emotional, and physical space. Wow. This is, this is, this is dope. <laughs> Learning a lot, because I've, I used to feel kind of weird, because um, I haven't been into, like, a strip club in a minute. Mm-hmm. 
The last time I stepped in one may have been when I was living in New Orleans a little bit. How was that? I never, I've always wanted to go to New Orleans. It's, if you are a believer in energy, I, yeah. that mm-hmm. city has it. Okay. That city has it. Like I just remember being going there and just feeling like this entirely different vibe. You know, everybody was just, it was just a different feeling. It was, it was Did like you meet feeling, Solange? Nah, I don't think she was there yet. Or if she was, I, I didn't cross her path yet. I met but, one um, of her ex-boyfriends before. A word? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, girl, I wish. <laughs> I would have been my number two. Um, no, I met somebody who was, I think they're friends and they've been romantically involved. Okay. And uh, she's a cancer, actually. Um, but uh, back to New Orleans, that's how I felt with Miami. I definitely felt energy. Um, I just became one of those people that believe in energy. Mm-hmm. I just became one of those people that carries stones around. <laughs> yeah, stones in the house. So yeah, yeah, and I, I'm from Chicago. I think if you came to my city or you, you know, you just meet people that'd be like, okay, you got rocks in your pocket, you're weird. <laughs> or, you know, you start talking about energy, they'll think you're weird, you know? Yeah. So, like I said, everything's a journey. I'm not, at 25, I'm such a different person than I was, you know? So many years ago. And it's funny because when I was younger, people would tell me that I was going to change. And I was like, I ain't never going to change. So it's just, it's like almost like, I feel like a shell of myself in a sense. Like, wow, I used to do that. I used to say that. Was, <laughs> I feel the same way when I look at old text messages that I sent to people. I'm like, <laughs> I used to talk like that? <laughs> I used to cuss everybody out. Yeah, I used to say that. Like, what? <laughs> That's why so now, just, if I have an attitude, I joke with people. I'd be like... You better be lucky you ain't had this conversation with me two years ago. Because, yo, this is, the, me yelling now is like, it's way different. I was, I, I'm still working on it, but I had a very short temper. Very, very, very short temper. We're all works in progress, so it's all yes, good. Yes, yes. So, so now we discussed, like, the um, the clubs and all these different establishments. So how did you get into it? Is into it, stripping? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's gonna be funny. This is All gonna right, be cool. funny. Uh, Twitter is gonna definitely attack me for this one. No, I just play. I hope not. So, um, I used to be really big on Twitter. Okay. I was never in Shea Butter Twitter. They wouldn't allow me because I didn't use Shea Butter. Um, <laughs> I'm really serious when I say this. Um, I wasn't part of the Twitter elite, but I just used to tweet all the time. Um, so I had got laid off my job. Actually, I had a really good job. Got laid off. And my boss was real hood. We worked in the hood. And it was such a janky job. But he was a really good boss. So he was like, look, you know, y'all going to get laid off. But, you know, I'm going to try to look out. So I knew that I was going to get my job back. But I had to figure out, obviously, a way to make money. I had rent. I was 21 years old living in Chicago. And I, my rent was due. So I met this girl on Twitter, actually. And we were DMing and something, I don't know why. Mind you, we were talking about other stuff. Something told me to message her. And she's a Libra, actually. And that's how I know my sign is love. She's a Libra. I hit her up. I told her I lost my job. And she's like, girl, why don't you just dance? And I was like, where? <laughs> Do what? <laughs> I was so innocent. Like, I just, I was fresh out of college. Like, and I told you I had a regular job. So she was like, come to Philly. She's like, buy a ticket, I got you. Never been in Philly a day in my life. I didn't even buy a ticket. I was so broke that I had to buy a mega bus ticket. And my boyfriend at the time was like, where are you finna go? And I told him I was finna go bartend in Philly. (laughs) 
uh, so months later, he was like, I knew you was lying at your ass. <laughs> he was a Libra too. Okay. Um, but he was like, I knew you were lying at your ass, but I wasn't fit to like tell you what to do. So I packed my bags, got on the mega bus and I took a 22 hour mega bus to Philly <laughs> by myself. And Wait a minute, how many hours? 22 hours. Goodness gracious. <laughs> oh, I'm, I tell you, being from Chicago also, it's another good thing. Like you, you learn how to survive shit. Um, so yeah, I took this 22 hour bus ride. Mm-hmm. She met me at the 30th street station and she took me under her wing and I stayed with her for two weeks. Um, she had told me to bring shoes. I had bought these shoes and all this stuff. So she's like, well, those, your, your feet's going to kill you and they're going to bleed by the time you get done. But she got the right shoes and she gave me some outfits. She took me to a club. She talked to the owner. I don't, to this day, I don't know what she said. And I started dancing. And then actually, um, so after that, I did that for two weeks. I called my boyfriend every day. I tell him I didn't see no guys. Like, literally, I would work, come back to her house, work, come back to her house. And I was sleeping on her floor. And mind you, she doesn't know me. This lady had never met me a day in her life. So it was just like, like I said, it goes back to love. I loved her enough to give me opportunity not to do anything or steal or, you know, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. So two weeks went by, got done. I made like, I can't remember. I think I probably made $1,000. I was a terrible stripper when I first started. I think the first night I made, I made, a, I remember how much I made because I remember the picture I took. Put it on social media because mm-hmm. remember I was 21. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and I, um, I made like $106 my first night. And I'd never seen that much money at one time. Because mm-hmm. I had a minimum wage job back in Chicago. And I thought I was, thought I was the shit. Had, had, a, had everything. So came back to Chicago. Got my job back. She, um, told her, I'm done. I'm out. She's like, all right, cool. Anything ever come up? You know. So my birthday came around. Broke up with my boyfriend. My lease was over. And I had a decision. So I kind of did the same thing again. I hit her up through DMs. <laughs> Mind you, we still didn't have each other's phone number. <laughs> and I was like, she's like, what you gonna do? I was like, I don't know. She was like, girl, get your life. She was a Philly chick too. So also that, like I didn't know anything about Philly girls, you know. And she was just like, girl, come bring your ass back to Philly. She was like, you ain't got no kids. Your nigga don't want you no more. She was real blunt. Right. Like she was a very blunt individual. She was like, your nigga don't want you no more. You lost your career. What you finna do? So I got on another mega bus. <laughs> and I came back to Philly and the rest is stripping. So that's how I got into the, the world of stripping. So I did it, took a break, and went back. Nice. Because I remembered making that $100 that one night. But yo, I'm going back. Yo, because at my job that I was reg- working regularly, I made $78 a day. But my life was so... Bus pass, food, my apartment, going out. I went out every weekend. Like, I was really barely making it. And like I told you, I thought that was the shit. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, when you realize, damn, you could make fucking $400 in two days and I could chill for the rest of the week. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. So here's the thing about that. So usually with uh, strip clubs and those establishments, Mm -hmm. though, you have women who are working on the stage and bartending, it still has the vibe of being a male-dominated place of business. Mm -hmm. 
how do you think the game would change if those establishments were run by sex workers? Now this is about to get a little controversial because now this is like going into the actual industry. Okay. So I'm going to put that disclaimer out there. Disclaimer is out there. Because I don't... Say, basically saying this, I can probably get blackballed from ever working at a club again. Oh. But I'm willing to take that risk because this is stuff that needs to be said. That's what I'm trying to tell you. People don't understand how deep this goes. Okay. <laughs> get real, we have to get real deep. Um, as a Scorpio, I think you appreciate that. Okay. Uh, so if sex workers ran the strip club, the game would change completely because it would be like having a boss that understands you. It would be having a boss that went through what you went through. It would be having a boss that gives a fuck about your health, mentally, physically, and emotionally. So that's, the game would definitely change. Um, every woman would not be able to be just become a stripper, first of all. Um, any extras would be done safely and with protection and with cleanliness. Um, the shysty ways of getting fired because I went through that okay. wouldn't happen because it would be clear open communication um, and last but not least like I said the mental health people don't understand we drink every day I was an alcoholic when I was a stripper Wow. and I didn't think I was an alcoholic because I only drunk at work mm. but I was working four days a week Seven uh, every day a week, four days a week, uh, four weeks in a month, 12 months in a year. So you do the math. And that's not even including when somebody would try to invite me out. Adding on to. Adding on to. And I, and I had to drink at work. Or so I told myself. And I've done it. I've, you know, okay, I'm not going to drink today at work. That, oh, that, never, that never was successful. Ever. And the only way I think that could happen is, you know, you can be 18 and be a stripper. I was told you I was 21, so I was grown. Um, I think also having sex workers as the managers or owners of a club, women would make more money. It would make way more money because you would have a boss that trains you. Okay, let me explain this. Right now in the industry, men run it. None of my managers have ever got on a poll. None of my managers have ever had to sit down and convince a man or woman or a group of people to give them money. None of my managers have ever been disrespected and been talked down to. Like, I've been called the N-word at work before. Yes. I've been told that I was ugly. I've been told that I was stupid. I've been told, you don't have a fucking college education? What the fuck are you doing this for? It is an attack. You know how like those people that are really deeply into church, they'd be like, the devil is coming after me. Mm-hmm. That's really what we go through. Now I think people believe in church. Don't take it like that. <laughs> but I'm serious. You know what I'm saying? So we get attacked verbally. Um, I've had guys grab me in private rooms. I've had guys try to scratch me. I've had guys bite my nipple, lick me. I had this one guy try to put his tongue in my asshole. I've had guys pull out their dicks and pull me to sit down on their dicks. 
Oh yeah, we could we could get real explicit. <laughs> Whoa. I've had guys try to come on me with their bodily fluids. Jesus. And I know a lot of people might here listening to this might say, "Well, I, I wouldn't be doing that." You can't say what you would have been doing. Have you ever had to work and ma- and pay your bills and make your money? And every customer is different. Every club is different. I've worked in three different states. I've worked at over, I haven't counted, but I think I've worked in over like 20 different clubs in my life so far. And you're 25 now, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I've almost worked at every single club in Philly, except for a few clubs I haven't worked at yet. Okay. I've worked at almost every single club in Miami, except for one. Um, I worked at a couple of clubs in San Francisco as well. So, um, we go through a lot and we don't really have anybody to talk about it with because like I said, the statement would always be, well, why do you do it? I wouldn't be doing that. You're disgusting. And then you kind of feel guilty because the idea is to get money. So if you're in a private room and you're dancing with a guy, the one song goes by, he's going to want to see your titties. They're going to want to see your ass. So how do you keep a guy in a room for six songs and not fuck him? Put yourself in that situation. Like, if you had a woman and you were in a room with a woman, how would you keep a woman in a room for six songs? Six songs is four minutes each song. It's 24 minutes. Because we're doing that math in our head as we're sitting with you. As soon as we get in that room with you, the clock is ticking for us, for you, and for the club. I have no idea how I would try to do that. I mean, Six songs, four minutes a piece, 24 minutes altogether. And you also don't have your clothes on. And you have to hope that the person doesn't try to harm you. I mean, some people, you know, they get pat down, but that's not always the case. I've worked as a day shift stripper. Never seen nobody pat down the guys. I've heard stories of girls getting raped in private rooms. I'm not surprised, but I see all the things you told me you went through. I have customers who've offered me drugs in private rooms. I've had customers um, call and put me on FaceTime. Oh, yeah. FaceTime. FaceTime with their homies. FaceTime with their wife. FaceTime with their side chick. In a strip club? Yes, sir. Maybe I'm just like old school, but like. The same way that we're all sitting on Twitter trying to figure out how Harry Weinstein touched all these women. Yeah. Same idea. And I hate to bring, I had to say that, but it's the truth. Like when somebody doesn't think anybody's watching, what do you think? How do you think they act? You're in a private room. Thinking you got in a small space, pretty much. Psychological behavior. If you're put somewhere and you know that you're not going to be held accountable for your actions, how would you act? I used to cry every single day. My first year of stripping. And the club was like, yo, either you suck it up or you just don't come back. Wow. Yeah. So you can ask me more questions if you want. I, I do. Because <laughs> what you just said, it leads me to my next question. Okay. So. Oh, and I want to say something. Okay. Um, you might be hearing me laughing. Laughing is a defense mechanism. So anybody who's listening to this, if you're like, I can't believe she's laughing, I don't have time to cry. Because if I cried every day, I wouldn't be able to run my business. 
So if you hear me laughing, I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing because it's sad, but I'm not going to cry. So, yeah. It's just a little psychological term for the for the listeners. But keep going. Sorry. No problem. No problem at all. See, here's the thing. Um, to go back to what I saw on your site in terms of the education and empowering Mm-hmm. Um, sex workers said you want to empower people in the industry, so you also want to empower drag queens as well. People who identify as femme. Yes, I'm actually going to be doing a lot of projects in Miami with drag queens. I'm excited. Awesome. You know, yes. so if you're expanding your brand and you're doing it the way that you want to, yes. I reach out to everybody. Now, uh, well, I'm reaching out to people who have shown me love as well. Okay. I didn't just pick drag queens because that's the LBGTQ thing to do. Okay. I've been, I've always been LGBTQ friendly before, you know. I told you I asked questions. I didn't know what the Q stood for. Word. And somebody was like, it stands for queer. And then me and my ex at the time were like, are we queer? And they were like, yeah, you guys are queer. And then they, we were like, but we like each other. and We have sex with each other. And they're like, no, that has nothing to do with that. And they were like, queer means unique. And we were like, oh. So technically I would be considered queer. Very unique. Yes. I can dig it. And a guy, and a straight guy who's open to going to gay clubs, gay parties, which my ex was. He would come with me. He was queer. My first time meeting a queer guy actually was the straight guy who took me to a drag show as a date. Wow. And I was 21 at the time, and I told all my friends, and they were like, he's gay. (laughs) You went out with a gay guy. To me, he wasn't gay, though. He was cool. I mean, he might have been bisexual. I don't know. Remember what I said earlier? Like, not everything's about sex. Like, stop going out with the intention of having sex with people. Start trying to get to know people, and the sex will either come or it won't. Have actual communication based on you're actually liking someone's personality rather than you liking someone's physicality. Yes, because so. sex can always be, that can always be, a, like, what do you say, arranged or fixed or made better. You can't fake liking somebody. Because right. we all have had somebody, the sex is amazing, but you can't stand that motherfucker. Oh, God, no comment, but I'm commenting the same way. Yes. Oh, trust me. Yes. So shout out to all those who I've had great sex with, but you know I ain't never talking to your ass again. Oh, God, I gotta go home. Or kick you out of my house. I kick somebody out of my house. Oh, you saw, saw my tweet? tweet <laughs> Yo, so check this out. I'm, I'm, I'm Wait, crib. can we high five yeah, on the high five? What's, what's hot podcast wow. etiquette? No high five. <laughs> yeah, we're going to high five on this podcast. Yo, let me tell you something. I was... I think I was on my way coming out the crib to come down here to set up for the podcast early in the daytime. And I'm seeing my, my uh, Twitter timeline and I saw like your tweet. And oh my God. I wish I could have my phone somewhere. I, gotta, I know I my tweets because I know I. This is another thing about me, disclaimer. My tweets have gotten me in a lot of trouble in five years. So let me make this disclaimer. What I tweet is really what I go through. If you piss me off, or you be disrespectful, or you try me, yes, you will get subtweeted about. My Twitter is my little diary. And if you don't like it, you got three options. Treat me better, unfollow me, Mm -hmm. or block me. That's it. That's all you got. I'm never going to change who I am. You said today. Even though I've been told a lot of times to. <laughs> oh, a lot. I've ha- I've gotten phone calls about my tweets, FaceTimes about my tweets, mm-hmm. Snapchats about my tweets, emails about my tweets. God damn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but today, you get a, a Snapchat or a tweet about this one, you're talking about, oh, yeah, nothing feels more empowering than kicking dude out of my crib. I had to kick a white guy out of my crib last night. <laughs> 
you, you put a foot in his back and was like, get out of here. No, I'm very respectful. Very, that's, nice. that's nice. I was like, leave my house. <laughs> lock the door behind you. There's two doors, lock my room door and lock my house door. Have a great night. I'm not a mean person. You say to the point. Yeah. Yo, that's hilarious. I, I wouldn't, I don't, because uh, <laughs> some people might, you might get some DMs like, nah, she lied about that, so let me tell <laughs> the truth. Right. Um, I have been abusive before. Mm-hmm. I don't do that no more. Don't do that no more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting better. <laughs> no, but all jokes aside, that's not funny. Abuse is not funny. Like, that's some real fucked up shit. But black people, we come from abuse. We've all seen videos and tweets and we laugh. Like, we see somebody getting their ass beat and that shit is funny to us. World star. Yes. When our mama used to beat our ass in front of our brother and sister, that shit was funny. Like, black people, we do shit like that. Like, we really be laughing and fucked up ass shit. So, yeah. Damn. See, what? All right, so the thing I wanted to... And I kicked him out of my house because I thought he was trying to take advantage of me. There's no go. Gotta get out of here, son. Because, all right, so I had a question. <laughs> You're from New York? <laughs> no. People think I am, but it's crazy. So here's the funny thing. So I'm going to go back to the original question in a second. But mm-hmm. some of you mentioned just now, you said he thought he was trying to take advantage of you, right? Yes. So when I say this word to you, what does it make you think of? The word consent. It makes me think of what it means. Like, uh, two, okay, two parties agreeing to proceed with something whether that be a business arrangement, whether that be sex, whether it be a friendship, but both parties being consensual and then making an agreement. See, now the reason why I say that is because it seems like in this day and age, 2017, for some odd reason, being consensual or asking for consent is a foreign term. And it, and it shouldn't be. Oh, I'm going to need you to preach past the... All right, so because like this. Because <laughs> um, like, for me, growing up... Um, because people are not honest. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, no problem at all. People, like, people are not honest. Like, somebody, okay, somebody who probably read that tweet probably was like, okay, well, you shouldn't have had the person in your house. The person was in my house because we had been drinking. And I, made, I said, I was like, you know what? You can come back to my house. You can come back to my house and sober up. And go home. So I'm letting you know this is not consensual. This person started trying to touch on me and fill on me. And that's when I told them, no, it's time for you to leave. Because that's not the agreement that we made in the beginning. You were to come back to sober up, get your bearings about yourself. Not to start touching and feeling on me. Um, I also want to talk about consent in drugs and alcohol. And this goes out to the guys, and this is not bashing guys. It's actually something for guys to listen to and take heed because a woman could try to use this against you. And this is something for women to hear. And like I said, this might be controversial. I might get flack for this, but whatever. If you are going to do drugs with somebody or you're going to drink alcohol with somebody, you need to have an agreement before you all do it. And say, at any point in time, if you're not down with it, let's not do it. Personally, if I had a son, I would tell him, would not do drugs with somebody that's not consenting to do it with you. And I damn sure would tell you not to have sexual relations with somebody. Because everyone's different. And you might drink. So think of a scenario where you go out, you get drinks, 
and you'd be like, hey, can we fuck afterwards? And the girl says, yes, but you're both drunk. And then you get back to the room, take the clothes off. You're like knee deep in pussy. And she says, no, I didn't agree to this because she sobers up or the Molly wears off or the Zanny wears off or the cocaine wears off or the promethazine wears off or the lean wears off or whatever the fuck you guys decided to do. So that could be a very sticky situation. So, and that's, that's cause I care. I, I have a brother. I have, I have three brothers. I have a dad. Like I know there's, you know, there's still men out here that give a shit. So. Cause for me, when I was in college, cause I came up, cause I was always a late bloomer. Because when it comes down, when it came down to women early on, it was just like, okay, my friends would say how they were with women, and they tried to apply that with me, and I, I wasn't that way. I wasn't like as smooth as, as they were in terms of they'd be like, oh man, yo, just you oh, asking. Yeah. You, yeah. you, gotta, you gotta go for it, man. You gotta go for it. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta trick her. You gotta set the mood. You gotta make sure that she drunk. Make sure you don't hit her up to the end of the party when she leaving. Yeah, and, and stuff like that is is dangerous because I've seen countless times, especially That's being in college. That's rape culture. Indeed. So, and then there will be times when women would tell me mm-hmm. that like come at me for being like too nice. Yeah, too nice. Because I'll be with someone on my head. You mind if we do this? If we, if we do that? Because. Like, we're in an intimate situation. Yeah, yes. you're, you're on my bed. But still, it's like, we don't know each other that well. Yes. This, this is the first time we're us doing this. And so I'm like, hey, can I do this? Can I do that? Like, I'm just asking. I'm not even asking, like, sex. It's like, yo, in terms of kissing and, like, just. Mm-hmm. Oh, what are you comfortable with sexually? That's what you're tra- you were trying to figure out. Yeah, I'm trying to build to that because, again, like, I'm, I'm young. I'm in college trying to figure it all out. But they were like, it's too nice. Come on, just go that ahead. That goes do it. back to what I said about just trying to have sex with somebody. When right. you're just trying to have sex with someone, things like that happen. Because if you guys were friends, and then you started talking, and then you could be like, you know, sexually, I'm into this, and it's just a friendly conversation. It doesn't mean that you guys got to be naked and have that conversation. Right. See, that's the thing that the strip club also taught me. Because remember, I said it's artificial love to an extent. Some of it is. So that artificial part is the actual sexual attraction. So back to college, and I do want to talk about that because I went to college as well. I went to three schools. I lived on campus. Like Drake said, campus, campus life is crazy. <laughs> Yo, we, we had so much fun in college. College was not the same how it is now, and it's kind of terrifying what people have to go through in college now. But, um, but back to what you were saying, if, you, if these people had to start off as friends – and getting to know each other, and then making that decision to have sex. Because sometimes the chemistry is just there, and sometimes it's not. Like, and this is to women with about that, like, a lot of women, you know, they like to be thrown up against the wall, choked, slapped, bit, tied up, strung up. But you can't just expect a man out of nowhere to do that. That is jail time, and that's prison time. <laughs> And the same goes for men. Like, you can't just expect a woman to start putting a dildo up your ass because that's jail time. That's assault time. But you need to start off as friends. And by friends, when I say friends, I really mean friends. Not, oh, mom, you can't have no friends. Women don't want to hear that. So I'm going to give advice to both genders when it comes to that. For men, stop going up telling women, 
little my you can't have no friends like that's not no that's not gonna work that line does not work it does not work on anybody sorry and if it does work on somebody she's probably mentally abused so you shouldn't even be doing it anyway because that's still predatory for women stop expecting guys to know what you want sexually the first time you have sex with them stop it is unrealistic it is stupid and as a woman i Think more highly of you with your intelligence to know better. Have a statement. Have a conversation. Talk about sex with people that you're friends with. It's okay. You don't have to fuck every single person that you have a, a sexual conversation about. Really get to start in knowing people. Because if you keep doing this, like, and this is for both genders, if you keep trying to fuck or deal with somebody that you don't know, it's not going to end pretty. And... Trust me, like I said, this is still a personal journey. I am not perfect at this. Anybody listening to this or watching this could be like, but you did, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm saying moving forward and trying to be smarter and trying to be better. Be smarter. And that's what sex work does. Sex work teaches you how to be smarter in the sense of, I got to, at the strip club, I, gotta, I have to establish a connection with you or you're not going to go upstairs with me. At the strip club, I have to talk to you before you even let me put your hands on you and massage you. So just doing that every day that teach that taught me and that teaches you like this is how you approach somebody and you make a connection. Cause guys come back to the strip club. If they really fuck with you, like you'll have regulars or you'll have people come back because you're creating an artificial moment. And the same thing goes for regular life. Like I said, we all know somebody that we have sex with and we can't stand them because we got to know them and we realized, oh my God, you're fucking a piece of shit. And guys and girls, because it's probably some people that got to know my ass and was like, oh, hell no. Shorty tried it. That light skin shit got me the first time. You ain't never going to get me again. (laughs) Like, you know, because I might be a horrible person to someone. But all my exes come back, you know, just throw that out. Nice. <laughs> Magic over here. I'm joking, y'all. I love to crack jokes. Don't ever take me seriously. <laughs> so, all right. So, you mentioned sex workers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, people in the industry. So, what are the common misconceptions people may have about sex workers? That, we're, that we are sexually promiscuous. To be honest with you, a female who does sex work probably be the most fateful shorty that you ever deal with. I go back to Twitter because <laughs> I'm a clown on Twitter. Yo, I just love trolling people. It's too funny to me. Um, they always talk about nurse assistants, like women that do nurse assistants, women who are teachers, women that have these very, the word pious. And if you don't have a vocabulary, go look up the word um, pious job. So they do something that is just so un, you know, unsexual. Those be the big, biggest promiscuous people. I won't just say women, people. And it's okay to be promiscuous. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just people have something to say about it when you're not honest about it. If you go up to somebody and you tell them, look, I have sex with multiple people, they will mentally get over it that quick. So like sex workers are honest. Yo, I have sex for money. Having sex for money and having sex for intimacy are two different things. Because I've done it. There are people that I will only have sex for money for. But then there's some people I've never asked them for a goddamn dime. And I probably wouldn't, and it'd be weird. So that that's misconception. Um, this is also on my website. I talk about all the mis- 
conceptions of strippers, but back to um, sex workers. I've seen her blog. She's a great writer. She's very detailed. <laughs> gets to the point. Check yeah, I, I try to get to the point because it's sex work. Sex work is getting to the point. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes, you know, I'm still working on that because, like, I have clients and sometimes I'm like, oh, let me be a little bit nicer because it probably sounds a little, you know, cut and dry, whatever. But, um, back to what you were saying, your original question was, um, oh, misconceptions. Um, sex workers have STDs. Sex work will probably make you the most cleanest person. I have contracted STD before. I am STD free now. I get checked regularly and I post when I get checked. I got an STD from a serious relationship. I got an STD because I got cheated on. I have never, ever, ever gotten an STD from sex work, ever. And that's because most of the time, if you're doing sex work, your client is going to be clean because they have somebody else they have to come home to. You're going to use protection because why would you have raw sex with people for work? And you just common sense. So, yeah, that's definitely a misconception of sex workers that they're promiscuous, that they have STDs. And last but not least, that they will fuck anybody and anything. This is a misconception that goes with gay people as well. Like the idea that somebody's gay, they're going to like you, which causes homophobia. That's not true. Like gay people have taste and they have standards the same way straight people do. Sex workers are the same way. I'm not going to fuck somebody in a room just because I'm in a room with guys because and that goes back to the strip club I've talked about this before you could be sitting at the strip club with all the money but if you treat me like I'm a fucking piece of shit on the ground you can go fuck yourself and the same thing goes for sex work if you are my client and you're rude to me and you're disrespectful to me I'm not gonna come back like people don't understand that sex work is still a business it's a job and the type of sex that you have as a sex worker is not the same. And all sex work doesn't involve sex. That's another misconception. All sex work doesn't involve sex. You can be a stripper and not have sex. You can be an escort and not have sex. Unless you're talking about prostitution or porn. So, um, and another misconception is that it's women. It's only women that do this job. I've dated a male escort, oh, a, a male retired escort before, and he didn't fuck all his clients, and I didn't think about it. Um, I just, I'm so tired of people like, oh, how many bodies you have? Or, Mind your fucking business. How much food do you eat? How many times do you brush your teeth? Do you wash your balls? <laughs> I would be more concerned if you wash your balls than if how many people you fucked. You could have fucked two bitches before me, but if your balls is clean, I'm going to suck them and we're going to have sex and we're going to get jiggy with it. I'm not worried about how many people you fucked. Like, it's not, as long as you don't have an STD and, and there's no such thing as your pussy being stretched out. That is not true. That means either a male has a very small penis and the opposite of that. So a woman being tight, that means she's not aroused. So if you're fucking somebody and it's tight, that probably means that you did not fully arouse them. Shout out to Rockwell Savage for that knowledge, because that I'm not gonna take credit for that. And you know what's funny about that? Let's talk about her. She's so pretty. Yeah, she is. She's gorgeous. She's really, really gorgeous. And she's very, very, very smart. I don't want to just do that because a lot of people do that, like, oh, somebody's pretty. No, she's very, very fucking smart. I still learn from her. I learn from her. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I'll listen to her shit. She told me about pricing. Because I had, you know, I had some issues with that. And I was like, mm, how should I price? Because I just moved to a new city. Right. So I was like, I start, I don't, I don't. And I also give her props because I've done sex work in Miami. And God, I would never do it. It's like, I guess it's like a regular job. So you, there's, you know, there's some professions where you make more money in different cities. Right. Girls in Miami are selling pussy for $50. Stop selling pussy for fifty dollars. Can I say that louder? Yes. Stop selling pussy for fifty dollars. I don't even care if you illegally came into this country. Translate this. Stop selling pussy for fifty dollars. Just like drug dealers don't be selling drugs for the low, stop selling your pussy for the low. Yes. You fuck it up for everybody else. <laughs> you fuck it up for everybody else. Ro- watch Rockwell's Savage. Po- watch Rockwell's Savage is podcast about pricing. I'm sorry. I just I do feel so strongly about this because this is like a job. Like I said, it's not just sex. Don't sell yourself low if you're an escort. Don't sell yourself low if you're a prostitute. It died. Oh, okay. I'm glad they got the fifty dollars part though. Yeah, so you can start a new one if you want. Oh yeah, so we're we're here um, also being recorded as well. You <laughs> Technical know difficulties. On the other side. Keep, I, I was gonna say keep talking. We're I still, got. Still running. I can do this with my eyes closed. I can do this with my eyes closed. <laughs> Shout out to iPhone. Shout out to iPhone right now. Y'all want to endorse? Yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, we can keep catch this on her live stream. You know, <laughs> freak join live stream, you know. Well, yeah, but uh, and Mr. But, Barry White over here, yo. <laughs> you know, I, you know, I had to say. I'm it, glad, though. yo. Thank you, man. <laughs> 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 Barry White's good. good we got to do bedroom talks. I got, I got some ideas. Just sitting here talking. To yo, you. let me know. <laughs> yo, because I mean, Africans are doing this podcast. I'm like, yo, you, <laughs> look, you like, you're very on point, and it's like. One of the reasons why I wanted to have this podcast, not just as an interview, mm-hmm. but because it's a I conversation. Conversation, and I wanted an educational experience. I wanted that. Am I being educational? Yeah, very educational. That's good, and I, I try to. Be. It, for me, it's not. Well, I shouldn't say that. For me, I ask that question because I know these things already. Right. So, like with anything, you think something is common sense, but it's not. Common sense is not that common, and that's really true. Because if you don't live my lifestyle, you don't know. Right. Um, yeah, everybody's been telling me to do a podcast. I was like, I, I have a podcast every day. It's called My Phone. Like, I have our conversations on the phone with people. I have our conversations with my photographer. I have our conversations with people, like people that want to work with me. Like, right. That's a podcast to me. Just record that. If somebody could walk around with a recorder, you'd hear some crazy shit that come out of my mouth. Because um, you got, like I said, I used to, I mean, I still do, but I'm, it's getting better. I suffer with depression. Right. And depression also stems from not being yourself, not feeling like you can be yourself not feeling like you're you're happy knowing that you're not waking up every day happy knowing that you know you're gonna have low low days i threw a party and i woke up the next day and i felt really really low but i was able i was in bed with my photographer not like that not fucking like we really were laying in bed chilling anybody who's ever came over my house knows you can come my house is like basically a chill spot and I confess that. And a lot of people would have kept that in. They would have been like, 
no, I'm not finna fucking say that. I did this party. Let's keep it. No, I had to get that out. And she actually was so happy I did that. She was like, yo, I feel the same way. I thought I was the only one. That's why we have depression in our community because we don't want to be honest and be like, yo, I, you know, I had a really fucking bad day. Can I share this with you? And you gonna figure out the next motherfucker had a really, really bad day. And you're gonna be like, oh shit, damn, we both had a bad day. And that helps you come to a conclusion or a solution. Because the solution is not always doing drugs. It's not always partying. It's not always drinking. I went to a magazine fair and that made me happy. Like, that's something random, but that made me happy. And you never know what can make you happy because you have to find it. You have to find love and you have to find happiness. I think happiness is more important than love, honestly. Finding love and happiness. Yes. So but happiness. I, I, I shouldn't have said finding love. Because I think that's people doing that too much. I think people are not finding happiness enough. So finding happiness yes. and embracing love. Love as it is. Yes, embracing love and finding happiness. Finding happiness. See, now on your site you mentioned um, about creating like a safe place for sex workers and others in the industry to express and promote themselves. Yeah. How would they do that? Express, I mean, that goes back to conversations. Okay. Promote is going to be a joint collective. Because technically prostitution in this country is still illegal. Okay. Porn isn't illegal, though. Definitely not. And porn is prostitution. I don't care how you flip it. Porn is prostitution. So why is one legal and not the other? Man, if porn was illegal, I'd be in jail right now. Yes, but it goes back to the industry is not controlled by us. We can't even start legislation. We can't even start laws until we even talk about what the fuck the laws would be. You get where I'm coming from? Just the same way with the Black Lives Matter or immigration or gay rights or anybody that's disenfranchised. You can't even come to a solution if you don't know what the problem is. So if that means I need, if, but if you got to be anonymous with it, you can. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's what my platform is for. That's why everything, you can talk to me anonymously. I have a chat room on my website that you can talk anonymously. And you can express yourself. And listen, don't incriminate yourself. Because that was also told to me by someone, like, literally two days ago. And they were like, you're going to become a target. You're going to get a target on your back. And I'm willing to be that. I didn't want to put this on the website, but this is kind of a statement. I'm the Joan of Arc of this shit. And I know lingo. Told you, I there's always lawyers at the strip club. Right. There's always lawyers at the strip club. I have a probably, and as a joking, I have three lawyer friends. So don't try me. And that goes for everybody. Don't try freak Joan. Do not try freak John and don't disrespect me. So I shouldn't have said try because some people might not understand what that means. Don't disrespect me. Don't disrespect me and I won't disrespect you. But the moment you get disrespectful, all bets are off. As it should be. But some people, you know, they live in a fairy tale world and they smile in everybody's face. Now it'll always be the case. That rhyme, by the way, that's just me speaking. Uh, I'm a poet. You ain't know that? Indeed. I'm gonna po I'm gonna post some poetry tonight on the website, so you can check that out. It's got from a friend of mine. She lives in Miami. She's a beautiful poet, and she wrote this poem. So I'll check it out tonight. Tonight. 
nice. I've, I haven't really been posting uh, my blogs because I wanna, I'm want i in the process of writing a book. So I don't want to give out too many gems. But, uh, yeah. That's dope. When the book comes out, I'll definitely read it. I'll buy it and read it. That means a lot because everybody's been telling me to write a book. People were telling me to write a book two years ago, and I had one page written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, how the fuck am I write a book? Like, it takes a long time to write a book. Like, a long time. I, I read books, so I know that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love reading books. If you have any books that you suggest, I love them. I love a lot of self-help books. I'm getting into that now. But I was in very into fantasy. I was into science fiction. I've been into history. I love history books. I read a history book from front to back. I've always read books, like, my whole life. Um, I told you I'm a writer. It was... I went to a very good high school, and... My my freshman year of high school, my teacher, you know, you write a paper, it's like over thousands of words. She made us go back through every single word and change it. Oh, yes. I had the type of teachers. And she was like, you got two weeks to do it. God. Yeah. But that made us better writers. And I have, a, I got a 32 out of 36 on my reading and comprehension on my ACT scores. Damn. So shout out to my English teacher. Shout out to... Your English teacher. She was a bitch. <laughs> she was dope. She was fucking dope. That, that's another thing. That's going to be another word I'm going to talk about, being a bitch, because that's something that I deal with as a businesswoman. Um, anybody who knows me or anybody who I've confided in knows that I always talk about, like, am I being a bitch? And I'm angry because I know men don't have to ask themselves that question. They just do, and they move. And why do I have these roadblocks, mental roadblocks, of wondering, am I a bitch? Like, I see what Beyonce goes through. And I think a lot of people don't consider or undermine how big Beyonce is. She's a businesswoman. Or Kim Kardashian. You don't have to like somebody, but you have to respect their business. And I'm saying that because there's people that I don't like Mm -hmm. and I respect their business. And the same for me. Somebody may not like me, but they definitely like the idea of Freak John. And that's okay. And I respect that. And like I said, you don't, I'd rather you say that. Like I said, it's about being clear, open communication and just being real. Because it reminds me of, uh, there were two songs that I heard that I first heard like women taking the power back with that word. Mm-hmm. Missy had, had one song, like she's a bitch, that was her joint. Mm-hmm. And there was another woman who uh, was like a, a. I'm a boss ass bitch, bitch, bitch. Sorry, I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> <laughs> Um, There was one song It was like back in the 90s And she was like I'm a bitch I'm a mother Yeah I know what you're Um, talking about Yeah, The joint yeah I'm a sinner I'm a saint Like I said we're trying to take Like Beyonce took back the word bossy You know what I'm saying Um, Beyonce took back the word bitch I think she's used it in her music before I really look up to Beyonce I'm not trying to be A dancer well, excuse me, I, upper, um, a singer, because I can't sing like Beyonce. But I love Beyonce because there's so many things you can take from her from so many different assets. She's an amazing businesswoman. She's an amazing singer. She's an amazing entertainer. And I always make a joke that strippers are miniature Beyonce's. Because trust me, we go through the wig changes. We go through the eyelashes. We got to get on stage. We have to create a whole new persona. We have to change up our look. We have to keep it fresh and hot and new. We entertain. That's what I do. And not every sex worker. Well, to an extent, every sex worker does entertain. They entertain the person that they're dealing with. 
the person they may go on a date with, the person that they're fucking, the person that they're stripping for, the person that they're webcamming for. Um, and then they're entertaining the masses. So now you mentioned that. So it was like almost like the video I dropped. <laughs> the scandalous video I tagged you in. <laughs> I hope you don't. I should have. You know, what? I got to start asking that question of guys have girlfriends because I feel really bad. now. No, nah, I'm single. So like me seeing that video, I was like, hey, it's <laughs> you know, but true. But at the same time, it was moving like, forward, I'm saying <laughs> indeed, indeed. But I, it's interesting. Um, but I'm a very I'm really open because mm-hmm. I worked with somebody who has a girlfriend on a project and she came to my event because I was open and honest with her because I pulled her to the side and was like, this is the situation. Like I'm not dealing with your man like that. This is my name. This is what I do. And trust me, if you're honest, women are going to respect that, but you got to be honest even when it's uncomfortable. Cause there's still conversations that I haven't had with people in life and I haven't been, I'm gonna say not honest with, but they just haven't asked me the question. So, um, on my website, I had somebody hit me up for when I was 17 years old and asked me about something that I did when I was 17. And your site is, <laughs> this is a new site. You have, they can call it getting you back something that you did at 17 yes. years old. Somebody oh, hit goodness. me up on my website and was like, do you remember when you did this in high school? I was like, yeah, I remember when I did that, and this is why I did that. Next question. People going back like that. Jesus. Because of what I do, I become a target. Right. Because people don't like somebody talking what I'm talking. People don't like that. I'm, even if people that think they like it, you never really like something. People are not as progressive as you think they are. I put myself in a lot of different situations. When I was in San Francisco, I went to a gay club. And I went to a gay club to put myself in a situation to see what it's like to go to a gay club as a straight woman. And I got called all types of names. Tranny. Fuck is she doing here? Look at that little bitch. Like, I'm dead serious with you. Like, these were all conversations that were set around me. Somebody grabbed my ass to see if it was real. That's harassment. But mind you, I'm in a gay club. So I'm going there because I want to learn and understand and I got treated like shit. And I could, that could have left a bad taste in my mouth. That could have made me be like, fuck all gay people. No, it's not because y'all are all fucking ignorant. And no, I'm not a tranny. And yes, my ass is real. I've been called a tranny like a couple of times by gay guys. I went to a party in Miami and a gay guy, I have a lot of gay friends. I went to a party. I was having a great time. Middle of the party, this gay guy walked up to me and was like, Fucking tranny. I pulled my pants down. I had no panties on. All the gay guys around me was like, oh my God, bitch, you crazy. I was like, I am. Just a little bit. You gotta be a little crazy. That's from Chicago. In Chicago, you know how we deal with people? We have to pretend that we're crazier than them. So you can leave us the fuck alone. Defense mechanism. So I pulled my pants down and my, my beautiful shaved vagina was on the world to see I was like, Tran, what? And even if I was, go fuck yourself. Because that's disrespectful, not only to me, but people, to people who are. And when I walked outside the party, I was chilling outside, and the gay people afterwards were like, yo. Like, they came up to me and dabbed me and was like, you real. You real as shit. We can't even believe you did that shit. You ain't even have to do it for that motherfucker. I was like, no, I, you got to get buck with people sometimes. That's another thing about freak. I'm a very, like, listen, come to business, I'm sweet as pie. But don't, like, goes back to don't try me. 
because I'm going to hit you with the facts. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a pushover. And don't treat me like a pushover. But also don't be intimidated to work with me. Don't feel like I'm a, you know, a bully. I'm not going to bully you. I just know I ain't going to, you know, I ain't going to try, you know. <laughs> but you can ask questions. Sometimes that, that scares people from, like, you know, wanting to talk to somebody or, you know, they'd be like, damn, this bitch going to blast me on the internet. Like, nah, just don't be disrespectful. Right, you're coming from an honest place and, you, and you're doing it and you're speaking to someone like. I'm from the big. south side of Chicago. Right. I only pull that card mm-hmm. when it needs to be pulled. So just because I'm from the south side of Chicago doesn't mean I don't know how to be professional. It just means that remember I'm still from the streets and my family is from the streets. And in the streets, we have a code in the streets. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just goes back to that of the sense of don't, don't be disrespectful. Cause in the streets, if you disrespectful, you going to get hurt. And I'm not threatening physical violence. I'm just letting you know, like, do not like, nah, I'm not the one. Yeah. But you can ask all the questions you want. You can want to, you know, I don't have an issue with that. So all the questions that you know, we want to ask you, right? Mm-hmm. Do we so, go through all of them? Not yet, not yet. Because here's, here's what I want to ask you. It's like, how would, you know, on your site you mentioned about educating cis males, mm-hmm. right, and cis women. Yes. Um, again, cis. Uh, Thank you those, for reminding that. I probably should put that on the site too, cis women. Cis women. <laughs> because um, for those who don't know, cis refers to those who were born as, say, you're born as, as a male, you, you identify as a male. If you're a woman, one as a woman and identify as a woman, mm-hmm. right? Okay, which yes. I got the, got the terminology correct. Yes. So when it comes down to educating, right? Yes. How does that begin? I know it's probably with asking questions. Yes. But is there a certain avenue you should travel down with the questions yes. rather than just being like, hey, so uh, sex work, uh, <laughs> what that mouth do? Well, that's, like, you're leading yeah. into something, a project that I'm working on. Okay. Awesome. I'm working on a workshop and the works it's coming um, where it's going to be a fun time. Education is always good when it's fun. If you're having fun, you'll learn better. And I know this because I was a nerd in high school. I was the kid that did people's papers and got in trouble and almost got expelled because I was doing papers for money. I was the kid that slept in class. I was the kid that got in trouble for smoking a black and mild outside of class. I've been kicked out of a college before. So I trust me, I've done some deviant ass shit. So I take all that knowledge and all that experience and all those trials and tribulations that I went through and I'm going to put it in this workshop that I'm about to start. And the workshop is going to be an open conversation. But it's going to be fun. We're going to have some food. We're going to have maybe drinks. I mean, we're going to have something to quench the thirst. You're not going to come in there and be like, damn, they just serving water and crackers. <laughs> like, right. I, lo- I, told you I love to crack jokes. Like, we've all been to churches or synagogues or mosques, and we like, the fuck? Like, this shit gonna draw in. Like, I need something better. So, um, and I also want to make it a safe space. So, it won't be any phones. It won't be, ooh, look, I saw this person there. Or, ooh. No. You're going to come, and you're going to have a good time. And you're going to leave all that dumb shit at the door. You're not going to be checking your Instagram account. Because why would you pay to come look at your fucking phone the whole time? And last but not least, I've been, I went to my first, fuck. <laughs> I went to a similar workshops and they weren't as fun and as lively as I wished. 
because I'm a fun and lively individual. And I think a lot of people want to be fun and lively and they want to be open and they want to become an extrovert. And that's possible. It's possible to become an extrovert. But it's also possible for extroverts and introverts to get along and be peaceful. Because if you're an introvert and you come to my event and you're really there on some, like, I'm just trying to get notes. You can do that. Like, trust me, there will be a time for that. But if you're a person and you want to get to know somebody or there's, I'm going to, I'm going to be able to cater to every single person because I know different type of people. I've been to different places. I've traveled. This is not bragging. This is really like, and, and I'm open to suggestions. I'm, you got to be like that. You can't just think you know every fucking thing because you don't. So yeah, I'll be creating workshops. And if you miss out on the workshop, sucks for you. No. <laughs> Y'all know I'm nice. So I might, you know, I might hook it up for those that miss it. But try to come out because it's gonna, I want it to be fun. I think we need to go back to having a good time. And I, I've, I've done the clubs. I've done the crazy party. I've done the, I do still do raves. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I haven't I, been to a rave in a long time. Oh, we gotta go to a rave. I want to go to a rave in a few years. Like, I want to. I want to go back to a rave. Like the Pex joints are like. Fine. I've been to the big ones. I went to Beyond Wonderland and I saw Calvin Harris live. I saw Carnage live. Mm. I seen Marshmallow live, um, and I've seen Yellow Claw live. So I've been to like the crazy Johns. If you yeah. haven't been to a rave, go to a fucking rave. Trust me, I was afraid too. I was like, oh, these white people in drugs? Get the fuck out of here. You got me <laughs> fucked up. No, it's actually really fucking fun. And all those white people in drugs are, I mean, not drugs, all those white people and <laughs> are actually really fun. Um, and then I've been to smaller raves. Miami throws like miniature raves. I actually have a friend, yo, I have a friend who's throwing a rave on December 4th mm-hmm. called Dub Day in Miami. Shout out to Nico. Um, and that's a little rave, but it's dope. So, like I said, I've been to all type of parties, and I love all type of parties. And there's something you can learn from all type of events. So, like I said, I just I want to make something really fun for people. But I want to start getting this information out there because I have a lot of people that are like, "Yo, I, you know, I, I need knowledge or I need help," and it's different type of help. People always are coming to me for help. Like, yo, I want to get into sex work or yo, what is sex work? Or yo, I got a girl and she is in sex work. What do I do? How do I deal with that? Or yo, me and my girl trying to have a threesome or whatever the case may be. And there are some things you can't ask me and I'll talk on that too. Like there's some, is this above my pay grade? Like there's some shit I'm still learning. And if I get knowledge from somebody else, I always give a shout out to, definitely shout out to Passport Cuddy. I never really talk about Passport Cuddy. I don't know if you know Passport Cuddy. She's amazing. I've been following her since I was 22. She is a socialite. She lives in New York City. And she wrote The M in Man is for Money. And she talks about astrology and money and how to, yeah, she, she dropped gems. And I have her book on Kindle. It's not even that expensive either. So like I said, I have mentors. I have people that I'm still learning from. And at the end of the day, we're all still learning. Sex work is always going to change because life is always going to change and people are always going to change. Yes, they are. Like words. Words <laughs> always change. You should just read books with your voice. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> or like narrate porn scenes. Hmm. Yo, I would definitely narrate a porn those things. Um, we, might, we might need to use you later Yo, on. let me know. <laughs> I'm going to roll the decks. You really have the best. Right. Turn left. Turn left. <laughs> Raise your leg, bust it open. Yo, can you say bust it open in your voice? <laughs> no problem, I'll say it for you right now. 
<laughs> well, I'm stupid as shit. Bust it open. See, that's sexy. Like, I'd probably be like, okay, I would. But nah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I that's how I want this workshop to be. It's gonna be funny. Like, I really want people to have a good time. And you can be, you can ask questions and be ignorant in that sense, but don't be ignorant. See, there's two different words: ignorant and ignorant. Yes, because ignorant can mean you don't, might not know anything, and that's okay, right? Versus being ignorant, you just being. And you will get escorted out because I got big, big, big friends that like to beat up people. Shout out to big friends that beat up people. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we get down out here. Not me. I ain't big enough, but you know, I'm out here. You might, you know, we might throw a security guard shirt on you. Wow. <laughs> no elbow Freak John will be having tryouts for security guards. So if you're a big guy, you know, we'll we'll be hitting up Planet Fitnesses and LA Fitnesses. I'm actually like dead serious. <laughs> Finna get it in. <laughs> All right, cool. So I got some more joints for you, right? Uh-huh. There's a woman. You know, it's like dancing, knobs of sex work, right? Can you please define, for those who may not know, okay, sex positivity or being sex positive? Um, well, I'll make a joke first. I just got to start off with the funny. Being sex positive is being, is not having an STD. No, just <laughs> <laughs> right. that's, really, that's really sex positivity. Yes, it um, it's, it's like a joke. Sex positive is when you're STD negative. Um, but no, being sex positive, meaning I take it as, it actually got me thinking about this one. I, 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 it's basically being pro-ho. A lot of people know what that means. Pro-ho is like, I'm, I'm there. I'm for, you know, people that are down to do this. So sex positivity is, I'm not telling you to do what I do ever. Would never tell somebody to do what I do. If you decide to do it, that is on you. But don't disrespect or down somebody doing it. So I, I consider sex positivity as you just, you understand it and you get it and you respect it. I think it's going to be a long journey before men fully respect sex work. Even the guys that think they respect sex work or sex workers. I think it's going to be a long time before we all even give a shit about sex workers because there's still people getting killed for doing sex work. There are still people getting raped for sex work. There are still people who are being human, human trafficked for sex work. Because I have been a victim of human trafficking. And I have been a victim of, I guess, yeah, rape. So. Wow. It goes back to therapy. I wouldn't be able to sit across this room from you and have this conversation so calmly if I had never been to a therapist. A therapist could be anybody because I've been to a professional therapist and there was not somebody that I should have went to. And I've talked about that before as well. So just got to find somebody that really gives a shit. I'm a staunch believer that the black community, many members of it need to really take therapy seriously and not act like, oh, that's some crazy people shit. Because it's we've not. been, well, I can answer that question. I'm agreeing with you 100%. Mm-hmm. But the reason that black people do not take therapy seriously is because we were not raised to. None of our parents put us on medication. My mama told me, quick, you ain't got no ADD. I know I got ADD now. Mm-hmm. But back then it was just like, you know, you hard head and you gonna get your ass beat and sit the fuck down and shut the fuck up. That's exactly how my mama talked to me. Like I damn near sounded like my mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a little scary. Flashbacks. <laughs> um, therapy is not cheap. I was a stripper. 
want y'all to really hear this. I was a stripper and I could barely afford therapy. Therapy, and I had to talk my therapist down damn near half the price. Um, and last of all, you got to find the right therapist for you. It's not easy. Because you got to also identify that you need therapy in the first damn place. You get what I'm saying? It's so many steps to getting there. Because if you try to kill yourself and there's nobody that gives a fuck about you or nobody knows, you know what I'm saying? I've had a best, my best friend died from suicide when I was 18. She killed herself and it was a botched suicide like most people killed themselves. Because they, you know, at that last moment, they didn't really want to do it. Because they don't want to do it. They don't want to do it. They just really hurt. And they hurt for some reason. And a lot of people in the black community, like you said, laugh, joke, crack jokes. I have to catch myself sometimes. I'm I'm on social media and I'll be like, yo, this shit funny as shit. And then I'll be like, damn, it's actually not funny. Damn. Cause that's really not funny, you know? Mm-hmm. So we're so conditioned. And then last but not least, look at who our comedians are. All of our comedians need help. Yeah, people tell you that all the time. Like they are Martin Lawrence. Let me wait, let me, I'm sorry. No Martin, let's talk about Martin. What? It really scares me when I meet black guys that look up to Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence perpetuated sexual predator culture. And 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 this is before I found like really did my research. If you just watch Martin on some like boob tube shit, you can even see his personality on there. And Martin Lawrence as a person had a couple of psycho psycho breakdowns. Like he went crazy, like literally went off the deep end. So it's just sad that our role models, we, you know, or like the Bill Cosby situation. Like somebody said, these guys are not your father. These, and I tell people that about me. I am not perfect. I am not perfect. Like, you could comment on my shit and be like, yo, you fucking woo. Yeah, and I'll eat it. I'm not perfect. I'm not going to sit here and say I'm a role model. That's why I don't got little 18-year-olds fucking interning for me. Trust me, I'd be willing some interns. But I'm not going to do that. I don't got time for people's parents to come after me. And I don't think that you should be fucking 18 and allowed to strip. I think you need to be 21, 23, 24, 25. Because you don't even have the mental capability to deal with it. I told you, I used to cry every day at work. And I became stronger as a person. Like, it wasn't easy. It's still not easy. And people might say, well, then why do you do it? And to answer that question, there's so many reasons why. Because you need the money. Because you feel like I'm doing it for free any motherfucking way. Fuck sucking Tyrone's dick. I'm finna just go suck Billy Joe's dick for some money. And if you do it the right way, it's not always bad. It's about the way that you do it. It's always a good and a bad way of doing something. You can do sex work correctly. And that's what I'm learning. That's what Raquel is teaching me. That's what Passport Cuddy is teaching me. That's what anybody that I meet that does sex work teaches me. How to do it better how to do it smarter how to do it safely because fuck the std shit you could get killed like there are people jack the ripper one of the most famous serial killers like was killing prostitutes and he was killing white johns at that so merry old england so this is a good show you should watch on hbo because i have hbo shout out to my ex's account he's probably listening and watching this like a fucking bitch um shout out to my ex for the account but yeah it's called the deuce i watched that 
Yo, you do? You're the second guy I met that watched. And, and when I started watching it, I was like, I bet you ain't nobody watching this, John. I watched it in the last episode. It hurt my heart, man. Maybe second to last episode. That's what I'm talking about. When he pushed old girl out the window. Yeah, she took, he t- yeah, he took her money and he said, my name is Ruby. and just. So to give you all those characters, I would be Maggie. I would be Maggie Gyllenhaal in The Deuce. And I have a friend who would definitely be fucking James Franco. Mm-hmm. Shout out to James Franco. I love it. I just love that show. And I like Redman. I like the pimp Redman. I don't like, uh, what's his name? What's the pimp? Uh, fuck, what's his fucking name? Not, not CeCe's the main one. Method Man's the other one. You don't like, CeCe. You don't like CeCe? CeCe's a, yo, I'm scared of CeCe. I see CeCe killing all his bitches. He, he came with the, um, under the armpit with the, uh, the razor blades. Okay, so. now. So she, he, I could see him killing them. Like killing them, like I don't. I'm not gonna argue with you. I'm not gonna hit you. I'm just gonna kill you. People understand. First of all, people might not know why in that show he gave her the cut on the armpit because he didn't want to give her like on the face or the outside part yeah. of the body. Yeah, for that reason. Yeah, but that to me was just. And like, a guy mm. actually taught me about pimping. Word. I mean, I was pimped out. I told you when I was human trafficking, but I wasn't asking no questions. Like, so by the way, how did this whole operation set up? Like, <laughs> I ain't had time to do dumb shit like that. I was trying to get out. And thank the Lord I got out of that situation. But somebody that I dated when I lived in Miami put me on. It's a book called Gentleman, Gentlemanly's Leisure. It was written in 1973, 74. With the black and white. Uh, doing, um, yes. And he had My all white pimps. Book. Yep. I saw that. That's a really good book. I want to purchase that book because I've only, I've read it like four or five times. Mm-hmm. And the guy's name of the book is Silky. It's a book about Silky, who was a pimp in the 1970s. And reading that book, I'm not telling people to read pimp books and go pimp. Mm-hmm. Read pimp books so you can understand psychology. Read pimp books so you can recognize a predator. Read pimp books and check yourself as a male or a female. Check yourself as a female by you not getting preyed upon. Check yourself as a male that you're not doing that. And last but not least, also at the end of the day, respect Silky. Respect pimping. Now, now that you mentioned that. Because people so, are still getting pimped out. They're called managers nowadays. Facts. And check this out. So for me, like, I used to, I'm a nerd because I like I would get into anything I saw was interesting, I watched it. So I watched, I watched the American Pimp documentary. I watched Pimps Opposed Down when it was out. But, I still got to watch those too. But there was one pimp in particular who was like a favorite of mine. Mm-hmm. Because he started out as, as a blues singer. His name was Fillmore Slim. Mm-hmm. Then he got into pimping, and he got this back. sounds like a pimp name. Yo, bro. <laughs> and, and he got back into playing, playing the blues. Feel more slim. And My bitches call me slim. Slim, yo. And the thing about him, he was like, I'm not with gorilla pimping. And gorilla pimping is when pimps beat on their women. Gorilla warfare. I already picked it up on it. Right. <laughs> and so the thing was with him, it was um, he, he said, look, man. He had his pimp voice. He's like, look, man, you, you don't pimp with your hands. You pimp, pimp with, with your, your mind. mind. Right, that was to me. Nobody ever talks about female pimps. Now, and I think there was actually, was there one mentioned in that documentary or not? But, mm-hmm. wait a minute, would you consider madams to be pimps? No. Okay. I say that because a madam does not, they don't really, I watch Memoirs of a Geisha. That was one of the most beautiful movies I have seen ever. I should, I should, I should watch that. Then. You should definitely. You probably heard of Memoirs of Geisha from so many people. Yeah, I have seen. Yeah, Memoir. It's a it's a little overhyped because the ending was like really, but it's a really good movie. 
And Memoirs of a Geisha really teaches you about the madam scene and real madams. Because in, ja- in Japanese culture, they got like real madams. Like, bitch, your eyes, you don't suck dick. Probably gonna go to jail. <laughs> like, making that. Yeah. I am so problematic, it's not even funny. Like, I make a joke, I need a PR agent because they play. But you know, we're, we're all problematic. You exactly. Know, nobody's perfect. Yo, when I lived in Miami, that's the one word problematic, problematic. I'm like, you can problem this. Yo, People talk so dismissive with that word, and I'm like, you're not better than somebody because you call somebody problematic because yes. you're about as fucked up as somebody else is. It takes it takes a fucked up motherfucker to know a fucked up motherfucker. Exactly. So, so that's why sometimes I don't recognize um, predatory behavior because I ain't no damn predator. Right. <laughs> so I'm not, you know, I'm not out here like, oh, let me, you know. But back to what you were saying, no, I don't think that madams are madams are like house moms. I got an interview with my house mom. Madams, I don't, I don't consider them pimps. I don't think that nobody talks about how pimping would change if women were pimps. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody told me last night, actually the same person that I kicked out of my house told me that you should be, you should have an escort service on Freak John. Well, I can see, look, listen. And it, I was just like, you don't get it. You don't get the whole point of it. To say that statement, yeah. you don't get what I'm trying to do. And that could be my fault because maybe I'm not being clear about it. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I don't think so. Like, another thing that people have to realize, I am taking something that everybody thinks they know about right. and really educating. When I sat here and told you about the private rooms, your face fucking dropped. Y'all can't see it, but his face. Yeah, like, my face really is, it is like, you ever your watch face Raiders of Lost changed, Art and actually. Melted. You went through several different emotions when I just told you about the private room. Yeah, because it just made like, me feel like kind of weird, man. Like, actually really uncomfortable because, again, as a guy who goes who's going into private rooms before, I'm always sitting there like, hey, how you doing? Right? Yeah. Having conversations, I'm regular because I'm like, sure, what's happened? I let yes. the dancers take the lead. Yes. And like, I've seen sometimes in like TV shows and movies, like the aggressive Johns, people like they, they might grab a woman's ass and like, and that, but I've never heard mm-hmm. before you tonight mm-hmm. the extremes. That some of these guys would go to. Yes, people don't understand. Not every single person walking to a strip club is licking your titty and trying to eat your asshole and biting you and scratching you. But you get a lot of guys that do it because, like I said, you're put in a private room yes. with somebody that you don't know. That is the most scariest shit ever. It's not just scary for them. It's scary for us. Because I know some niggas might be... I mean, I know. Damn. <laughs> Can you beep that out? <laughs> All right, I'll, 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 I'll mute that. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. Some people, um, they are afraid of dancers. Like, damn, she might try to harm me. She might try to hurt me. But it's, it's always, like I said, you're going into a private room with somebody that you don't know. So you don't know what to expect. You don't know what this person will do. And also, like, People don't even realize that what they do be don't be sanitary. I've had a guy eat a chicken wing, lick his fingers, and thought he was going to touch, put a dollar in my ass. I've had a guy take a dollar bill and crumple it up into a little ball mm-hmm. and try to shove it inside of my vagina. Now, another thing is, as a dancer, you'll get fired if you put your hands on customers. So, because I know some people listen to this, like, oh, hell nah. You should have decked that nigga. You should have, nah. Like, it don't work like that. Because we're still a job. Just the same way, like, you can't cuss out every employee that comes to your business. You can't be hitting every customer that comes in the door. I've had customers 
fight over meth in front of me and I was on stage and a whole fight was in front of my stage. Fighting over meth? Yes. I've had guys give cuss, I mean girls meth. Yeah, you seen, I've seen some crazy things in a club. Nothing surprises me. That's why that Harry Wine scene, that, all that stuff did not surprise me. Me either, because I'm like, it's Hollywood, money, people. Sex trafficking power. doesn't surprise me because I've been through it. Like, I'm, and that's another not good thing. I'm very desensitized. There's some things that have happened to me that I didn't even realize that somebody was really taking advantage of me. And they were harming me. And they were being hurtful to me. I told you, my ex gave me a book about pimps, I think, because he knew I could have got pimped out by anybody because I was so vulnerable mentally. Everybody thinks they're so strong and they just know everything. You don't know every fucking thing and stop acting like you know every fucking thing. Everything I've said on this podcast is my own experiences. Do not take my experiences and apply them to yourself unless they've happened to you. Just take my experiences and learn from them. That's it. Like I said, I get people of all ages, of all nationalities. I got people from Sydney, Australia hitting me up about my website. And that's so many times on the way, it ain't even funny. And like I said, it's not bragging. This is like, it's word of mouth. It's going to get out. So. Such an educational experience today. I got people in Miami that are like, yo, I should have, you know, I really feel bad at how I treated you. Mm-hmm. You popping in Philly. Philly is no different than Miami, and it's no different than San Francisco, and it's no different than North Dakota or Nebraska. It's all the same. We're all people. We all got fucked up ass ways. Right. Like when people are like, how did Donald Trump get elected? What you mean? We all know some old racist person that don't like you, and you don't like them. And you be laughing about it because it be funny, but it's really not funny because then they just voted in somebody that don't really like you. That's another thing. I don't do business with people that I cannot fuck with. If I don't fuck with you, if I really, really, I cannot do business with you. And a lot of people might say, oh, my God, like, don't say that. No, I am not doing it because that's how black people got in the situation that we're in by doing bad business. If we stop doing bad business and just sticking with each other and not just sticking with each other because of race, because just because you black don't mean you can't do bad business. Facts. And I had to learn that. I had to, I moved here and I was like, yay, I get to work with all these black people. I mean, black people. Yeah, that happiness went down real low. Real low. So if you read my tweets, anything I'm subtweeting about you, I probably am. I'd like an apology. I'd like a conversation. I'd like to know why you do the shit that you do. But yes, best believe, I'm definitely going to speak my mind. Because this is how sex workers feel. This is how people who aren't in the industry feel. Like I, on Twitter, somebody was talking about strippers calling people broke. I used to be the first one to call somebody. <laughs> yo, I used to be the first John to call somebody broke, but I never said it. I didn't even realize I was doing it subconsciously. I would go out and I'd be like, mm, well, I'm just going to go to Del Fresco's. I don't know what you about to do. You know what I'm saying? No, the whole time everybody in the room ain't got no damn Del Fresco money. Right. Or sometimes... Actually, it was when I was in a relationship. I'd go take a flight, <laughs> like really an actual flight. Like I would actually book a flight and be like, okay, I'm just going to not deal with you and not deal with the situation. Money helped me run away from my problems. For three years, I was running away from my problems. And it was so easy because I had the money to do it. 
I had enough money to buy the drugs. I had enough money to take the flights. I had enough money to do whatever I wanted to do. I've seen hundreds of dollars in front of me. I've made, I've made so much money, I got tired of counting money. I've made so much money that I just was like, whatever. I don't just, I had bags of money before. Mm-hmm. I've made so much money, I've had banks looking at me like, what? Are you, what? And that's another thing nobody talks about. Going into the bank as a dancer. Dealing with Cash App as an escort. Dealing with PayPal. I was a teller before. And I've had dancers come in. Yes. We're all singles. And I got, I'm like, I'll be getting mad. But think about how they feel because they had to count that before you. Yeah. And I've snapped on bank tellers. <laughs> oh, I've snapped on a couple of Johns at TD Bank. Mm-hmm. Shout out to TD Bank. Or no. Or no. Because <laughs> I moved to Wells Fargo. Now how about that? But I've snapped at bank tellers. I was like, what you looking at? Are you going to look at me like I'm crazy? No, 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 no. All right, then. Because the same way you counting this money, I had to count this money before I got to you. Right or wrong. Facts. I used to actually be nice and put my stuff in hundreds. But you ever made $800 in one night? Exactly. Counting $800 ain't fun. And then they would have an attitude with me. Well, some, ma'am, this, is, this pile is too much. That one's too. Okay, I'm half drunk trying to count money. So either you're going to count this money and we're going to make this money together, or I could take my coins and I can go somewhere else. First of all, I love your Chicago accent. You can hear it. Oh, yeah, I'll hear it. That's me. <laughs> when I get upset, it comes out, you know, I'll be probably like, hello. Yo, because and I used to be a telemarketer, so you know, I know how to get real, real, real Caucasian on this. <laughs> Extra problem. He taught us, and, I was, and I'm glad I did telemarketing before. Because mm-hmm. I can be like, hi, my name is, and you would never know. I can be racially ambiguous. And I know how to speak Spanish. Mi amo Alicia. Do tengo la freak John. Like. Yeah. Yeah. She spoke that Spanish right there. <laughs> I know Spanish pretty well. <laughs> so shout out to all the Miami Uber drivers that I had to speak Spanish to. Oh. I'm like, ¿dónde eres? Oh, soy de Cuba. ¿Cuántos años aquí? Oh, soy para tres mesas. I'm like, okay, I'm going to need you to download Duolingo. I know you've been here for three months, but you got to get together, boo-boo. Come on. Duolingo. I mean, if I move to Guatemala, guess what? I'm going to bring a little Spanish dictionary with me. Porque. Like, un momento. No, it's un momento. That means one moment. So you say, un momento, yo necesito la palabra, which means one minute. I need to figure out the words I'm trying to say. That's, I'm kind of paraphrasing, but because mm-hmm. there are people that probably speak Spanish. And I was like, girl, you can stop. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, I mean, I took Spanish for two years, and I hated all my Spanish teachers. They were all rude. They were mm-hmm. all so rude. And I took French before, too. Je parle un peu français. You're just international with it right now. <laughs> and I shake my ass. Now, how about that? International freak joint coming near you, cuz. It is about to be. I'm trying worldwide. to become. But, you know, I always say you got to know where you're from before you can go somewhere else. So I'm trying to hit the 50 states first. Everybody's like, you ain't never traveled outside the country. First of all, do you even know the capital of your state? <laughs> Harrisburg. But you. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's good, though. But I'm saying, I know people. General, yeah, and I then just, people, and then, you know, I told you I'm from Twitter, so people be like, I travel. Jamaica does not count as traveling. <laughs> it does, but it doesn't. <laughs> I'm going to Vegas. Get your Vegas ass out of here, man. Yo. Yeah, I love it. And you got to have a license to work in Vegas, actually. FYI. In Atlanta. In Atlanta. Yep. I wonder how Amsterdam is. Cause my buddy is over there DJing, and he uh, was, like, going past the red light district. Mm-hmm. And I've heard how, like, 
Do they have a union over there? They do. The girl who hit me up on and from Australia, she was like, yo, I wish strippers had a union. I was like, girl, sex work is legal where you live. You crazy. I'll be standing at the subway with a sign like it do what it do. <laughs> <laughs> like I'll be in Australia busting it open. FYI, if you want to fly me out to Australia, I'm down. I got one suitcase. <laughs> I'm so serious. If y'all want to fly me out to Australia, I will go to Australia and suck dick for money. You can go with me. You can fuck bitches for money. We can do this together. Yo, we can make it a team out here, yo. Yo. Yo, I mean, I mean, I'm hoping sign. Hey, ladies, do what it do. Yes. We're going both hold signs like do what it do. Tag do team. Do. Yo. And we will come back from Australia with some money. They minimum wage is $16 an hour. Excuse me? Exactly. We'll be messing with janitors. <laughs> $16 an hour? I, have a, I will open up a sex janitor operation. You a janitor, you get off late, come get some late loving. <laughs> don't bring me to, don't bring Freak John to Australia because the whole website will change. <laughs> the website would have changed so fast. And I, that's what I love about not having no kids. Yo. I'm out. Y'all, hey, anybody listening to this? And you know some friends, I got some friends that fly girls out and they ain't gonna kidnap me or kill me. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm ready. Yo, I see sex janitors now. It's like, put down your room, put down the brooms, get a room. Yes. Boom. Yes. Yeah. There's so many ways you can. Like, I, I told her that and she was like, you right. I'm like, I know I'm right, girl. What? Like, but then she, but she wants to be a dancer. You know, not everybody is open and willing to suck dick for money or fuck for money, you know? Um, and I understand that. Like, I, and I'll be honest with you, I have my sex is different than it, it's different. It's a whole different thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna let no client tie me up. But would I let my guy tie me up? Oh yeah. So. Because the difference is business and it's personal. It's there is a difference between the two. I can't do porn because I don't want to get fucked in the ass. Because I've thought about doing porn. I've thought about it. They make good money. They make so much good money. I'm like, dang. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've thought about it. Trust me. I've done webcam. That ain't really all that. That ain't all that. People like on Chatterbait and all. I don't like, I don't like webcam. Webcam worse than Twitter. I'd rather just be on Twitter and be BS around to do webcam. Really? Yeah, because they want to talk to you. They just want to type. Because yeah, they ain't got to pay for that. that. They don't got to pay for that. They got to pay if they get a video, you know. It's annoying as hell sometimes. And I also don't play with myself like that. So I don't know how to do all that. But I might do like the fetishes, you know. That's another thing. Like people, it's so many subcategories to this. It's so much stuff I'm still learning. I got friends that are dominatrix. I don't know if I could do that. You know, I always joke like, yo, I squat up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Would I really do it though? Like in the bedroom, probably not. I'm a sub too. That's another thing. You gotta also know who you are, like what you are sexually. Mm-hmm. I'm a submissive, but I would be considered a um, what's it called? A brat submissive. So, like, I like to do little mean stuff to get punished because mm. I ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, always remember that. I ain't shit. Don't ever forget that because that way if I do something, you'd be like, she said she wasn't shit. Now, question now. This could be, like, a stereotype or whatever. But <laughs> for subs, the collars, that, that for being submissive? I want to try that. So, I've only done, like, I've been tied up. Mm-hmm. I've been choked. I've been slammed. Not slam, like hurt, because you know I'm a light John, so you know. I've been bitten, sucked on. 
I had a guy had a cock ring, like he had a piece of metal inside of his dick. It was really dope. Wow. Yo. Yeah. He's a black guy too. Thug dude, like thug, like sold drugs, slain, shot people. And he was like, don't tell nobody. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> um, no, I want to try the collar though. I do want to try the collar. There's actually a guy on Twitter that does that. I ain't trying to do it with him. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's also, like, when people hear stuff like this, they be like, oh, don't it. think that you got a chance. Not saying right. you don't got a chance, because if you are Michael B. Jordan and you watching this, you got the chance. But, um, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? Like, I can dig it. Yeah. I, I do like the sub category, and I want to explore it more. Sub is also being able to trust your partner. Like, it takes a lot to become a sub and a dom. Yeah, see, people like on Twitter because um, you know I follow different circles here and there. And I, I don't like threesomes like that. I mean, I've had threesomes, mm -hmm. but that's another thing. Like, I'd rather have a threesome with two guys, but some people wouldn't call that a threesome. They're like, "Oh, that's a train." I'm not finna fuck a girl. I don't fuck women. I don't lick coochie. Don't ask me to lick coochie. You can't pay me to lick coochie. Like, no. And that don't mean I got anything against anybody that do it. I just am not finna do it. I'd rather suck dick and lick balls. Like he said, he said no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not doing it. Don't ask me to fucking fuck you and your girl. Don't ask me to fuck you and your sister. Don't act. Don't ask me. Like no. <laughs> Shit, I forget there's people that fucking listen to this that know me. Damn, <laughs> I might lose a lot of friends after this podcast. But hey, it is what it is. Hey, it's all honesty, man. I'm gonna get a whole bunch of. Are you, were you talking about me? I don't know. <laughs> I, I really don't even know. Look. My policy you is may, this. You might have ran across my mind. Maybe you shouldn't have done no dumb shit. I'm like, listen, if I don't say your name, then it don't apply to you. Exactly. And I'm, yo, be glad I ain't, I ain't messy because I could be messy. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> Dave applies. <laughs> um, and being a sex worker, you also start exploring your own sexuality. Like I said, I start exploring. I like to watch gay porn. And there's a whole people, there's a whole subcategory in Japan. There are people commenting? I'm just curious. <laughs> um... People, uh, yeah, I like to watch gay porn. I like to watch two guys fuck. I'm into that. I'm really into that. I like to watch guys masturbate. I, yo, I message guys that I, you know, I'm like, yo, send me some videos. Like, I want to watch you come. Mm -hmm. Nope. Told my ass. Nope. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, maybe I'm a little bit too forward. Maybe I don't even be finding the right people, but. Listen. <laughs> Listen, all, all I'm gonna say is this, right? As a uh, as an individual out here, mm -hmm. requests have been made. And, <laughs> Yo, you ignorant. And I, let, let's just say, uh, brother, did follow up. I'm not even looking for it. I'm. I like it, but I'm so focused on my business. Like, I really don't have time for a relationship. I don't. And I know people say that, but I really don't. Cause like, and I'm also weird. Like I like attention. So, you know what I'm saying? Like I want to be busy and you still hit me up and it's never going to find that. i like I said, and now all of this is on my website. It says to better romantic and platonic relationships. Right. It is not just about rom romantic is actually the hardest relationship you can have. It's so easy just to stay friends with somebody. Like I had an ex hit me up four years later and was like, I'm sorry. And we could be cool. I can go get a cup of coffee with him and I'm chilling. Like, because I really don't fuck people that I don't love. If I've fucked you and it wasn't for money, if I fucked you and it wasn't a one night stand, if I fucked you and we ate food together, that means I really, really love you. 
And people be thinking you got to be in love with one person. No. You can be in love with multiple people. You can have love for multiple people. It's okay. It's not going to hurt you. Like, you got more than one friend. Like, the fuck? But I'm weird. Like, I don't really believe in monogamy. I believe in open relationships. I feel like a lot of people need to have open relationships. And their life will be a little bit better. And they ain't got to be shucking and jiving. That's a Chicago term. Shucking and jiving. Because it's irritating. Yo, it's so stressful. It's so stressful to deal with that type of situation. It's stressful to be a side chick. It's stressful to be a main chick. It's stressful to be uh, whatever. Like, it's not easy. And it's and I know it for guys, it's the same thing. Like, it's probably stressful to be a side nigga and stressful to be the main nigga. Yeah, it's, it's a... You got me too comfortable. You gonna, I'm telling you, I'm gonna oh, no, lose no, so yo, many friends from this fucking podcast. Yo, I'm glad <laughs> you, you, you being comfortable is making me more comfortable. Because listen, um, listen, don't I, get too comfortable. Yeah, it's facts. Always be on edge. Yeah, because I almost said something. I was like, <laughs> she said the side nigga shit. I like, was like, take the headphones off. I'm over. I'm done. Come on, let's go. We out. Side nigga shit. I know it. But yeah, I mean, you a Scorpio, Drake. Facts. Oh shit. I'm out here. I'll be playing Drake records in the crib. My yes, and you know what? I understand Drake now. Cause back in the day, I used to, yo, I used to crack on. Now I'll be playing Take Care. I'll be playing So Far Gone. I'll be like, I get you, Drake. I understand. I wanna and he probably was a side nigga because he was so honest. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens to you. People be thinking because they the main that they got this perfect little relationship. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you probably the most fucked up motherfucker. Mm. And it's not easy being, I'm saying, it ain't easy being the side. Just like food. The side dishes probably feel like, damn, you only fuck with me because the main is gone. Mm. It's, not, it's not easy. And you don't need to have all that. You don't need to have no side and main. Just be like, look, you Tuesday, you Wednesday, you Thursday, and you Friday. Which is go back to my favorite song. Shout out to SZA. Weekend. You, if you ever watch my Instagram stories, I play that song all the time. Music is subconscious, so hopefully it get in the minds of certain people. That song, <laughs> the funny thing is, that song was so popular that it went platinum. It wasn't even a single. Why do you think it went platinum and why you think it went? Because it wasn't just, you know, like, like it wasn't just because a bitch had beautiful vocals. It was because she was saying some real shit. I don't want to deal with your nigga Monday through Thursday. Or it's maybe the opposite. I was a, I was a stripper, so I'm the opposite. I want the nigga from Monday through Thursday, and I'm going to take, yo, go, go, leave. I'm good. Get out of my face. Go back to her on the Friday and Saturday because I got to go to work. I got shit to do. You get what I'm saying? And just like you got friends for different things. I got a homie who's a Pisces, and we talk about niggas all day, every day. But I got a Leo friend. All we talk about is business. And I got a, a fucking Aquarius friend that we could talk about art. Like, you know, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. You might have a girl that just kiss and love on you, and then you might got a John that you like to tie up and come on her face and have her swallow your nut. Your girl should be that person. Should be. But, you know, I, sometimes I think guys don't even like, they don't like to um, be with somebody that's too freaky. They be scared. Guys be scared of, I guess, uh, hoes or sex workers. I'm... I'm, I guess because I'm a Scorpio, I'm the opposite. And I'm But like, then some guys be a little bit too hype. Too hype. You be like, dang, 
No, I don't want to get tied up today. No, don't ask me. <laughs> got the cuffs over here. You ready? I'd be like, no, I said no. I'm tired. I got shit I got to do. <laughs> like, come on, like 10 minutes. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, like, 10 minutes, come on. that would be an argument. All right, you know, like, even as women, we might go through a period we don't want to have sex. Like, I, I know I go through moments sometimes I don't want to have sex. So, so like I said, goes back to mental health. You know what? Something I, I've been doing because a friend told me I should do Do I have do to it. have these on to talk? No, you can take them off if you want. Okay. And referring to headphones, dirty-minded people out there, but no, seriously. Um, but I, so a friend of mine was like, yo, Mike, you want to learn some things? I said, word, I'm mm. 30, I was like 32 at the time, going on 33. How old I, are you? I'm 33 now. Oh, scrap. <laughs> Probably should have asked that when I first got on here. <laughs> like, how old are you again? Okay, well. <laughs> I like that too. I like older, I think men are like wine. They age with time. I mean, they, they age better <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, like they get better with time. Um, I'm a lot better than I was at 23, so yeah. I always make a joke. Any guy over under 27 is probably trash mentally, but then 27 is a really weird. 27 and 28 is a really weird age for men, from what I've noticed. But see, I was 21 dating 27 and 28 year olds, mm -hmm. so I don't know. Maybe because I was 21. And I thought they was weird. But even now, like... It's a transitionary period. Yeah, I can tell. I know. I've been noticing that. It's like, they're really weird. They're really weird at 27, 28, 29. No, actually, after 29, then they get, they get just who they're supposed to be. Right. And that can either be a good thing or a bad thing. Like, either you're setting your ways and you don't want to grow, or you're in a place where you're, like, pretty much continuing to grow. To, you know, and women, experience. I feel like, are the opposite. I feel like we don't come into ourselves. I didn't really come into myself until I was 20. Three, almost 24 but I've also had a really fucked up ass life so that's also like a factor as well um but I am like like I told you I'm exploring the sub side of my life but then that's a whole nother thing because it's like you can't really explore something with somebody that you don't know right. it's not a journey that you want to have by yourself you can't tie yourself up you die like <laughs> like, like that's why I, I don't masturbate like people are always like why don't you masturbate mm -hmm. and I'm like you see my little bitty ass fingers? Like, I might as well just go fuck. I was about to say something mad racial. Um, I might as well go fuck somebody with a smaller penis if I really wanted to play with my. I would masturbate with the guy. With the guy, yes. I'm not doing that shit by myself. And I'm not for to watch porn. I've seen some really crazy sick porn, though. We're not even going to go there. Another episode. <laughs> I definitely want you to come back as a uh, as a guest. <laughs> you gotta wait, cause I I've seen some porn where I was ashamed at myself. <laughs> I was like, did I really just fucking watch that? Like I like I had to sit in the corner and think about my life real quick. I can't even tell you what it is. Like, I hate watching old dudes like younger girls like old. Like, no, I've seen some shit. sick shit. Oh god, I ain't gonna go there. Anymore. Yeah, like that's not like I'm telling. I've seen some shit where if I said it. You would be like, okay, this conversation's over. <laughs> it's some crazy shit. <laughs> but see, that's sexuality. Like, sexuality is crazy. It's, it's very, it's, it's, it too, like people, like words, sexuality is very, very layered. Now, but, but it's like a scary movie. Don't ask for what you can't handle. You know, like in a scary movie, and they be walking, they be like, but I just want to see. Like, and the black character be like, nah, I'm good. I'm out. Going that way. But sometimes that's not a good thing. Sometimes we got to go and face those fears. Right. Which brings me to the final question that I have for you. 
Oh, snap. Since you <laughs> talked about sexuality, right? <laughs> oh, shit. The questions I have. You, you're saving all these, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. I love well, you. Shout out to my motherfucking photographer, videographer. Yes. I fall, I fell in platonic love. Like, if I could put a ring on her, yo. She's awesome. I'll put a ring on her. Energy is dope. She's on point. You know what I'm saying? And she has all her teeth, yo. Yo, you understand? <laughs> what the fuck? Listen, you don't understand. <laughs> hey, my teeth is crooked, yo. Fuck you. <laughs> no, no. Your teeth, you got all your teeth. I'm saying sometimes people be talking to me. I'm like, hey, man, whoa. That's the Scorpio side of you. You're so meticulous. You notice that somebody yeah. took out all their teeth. Yeah, because it's, it's right there in front. <laughs> like, you can't just be pointing, like, talking, and it's just like the whole air. Got, got a gap right Don't have me talking about Scorpios, though. Yo, I was with this one Scorpio. He had a whole separate life. <laughs> and he was in love with me. And I will say this. I do get Scorpios. Like, I could make y'all fall in love. I could probably get Drake to fall in love. But he ugly as hell. He ain't my type. He's so ugly. Yo, but, oh, hold up. I'm going to tell you something, yo, because, like, my, my relationship that I had when I was in New Orleans, right? Because, uh, like, my... You probably met some beautiful women in New Orleans. I, I, I did, which was why, like, my relationship <laughs> pretty much took the L that it did. Because it was tough, because I was like... New Orleans is... People say Atlanta, Atlanta, Atlanta. No. New Orleans got... I ain't... I, I told you, I'm straight. I can admire a beautiful woman. I seen some Johns from New Orleans. I'm like... I went to a bounce concert one time. Okay, I, I haven't been to that. But. And it was. <laughs> and Why were you in a relationship in New Orleans anyway? Because all right, so I, I moved down there because she was going to law school down there. I met her up oh, here. Okay. I moved down there for love. I might like, be gonna hold this together, but things were falling apart on our end because we, you know, we were just yeah, y'all go, y'all went through stuff. Yeah, and so I'm so I went to like a bounce night. I'm like, all right, I'm going to this joint, and this girl just started bouncing. And she had her ass right in front of my <laughs> face. I said, I'm trying to be a good person. I'm trying to be a good person. <laughs> That's what you got to call her and be like, look, this ain't. Oh, I went home. I got a bed where I was like, stuck up. Like, why are you holding me so tight? I don't understand. It's going to be hell right now. It's going to be hell right now. <laughs> I've seen some, dis some beautiful, disturbing things. Yes, yeah, I got to go. I, like I said, I put it this way. I met somebody who knows Solange. I think they definitely live that open lifestyle out there. I think there's a, I think there's a sector of that. Um, Cause it, cause just the way he was talking, like he was trying to act like he couldn't really say nothing. Mm -hmm. But I got the gist of that. They're very open in New Orleans. I think he was, and he was a very, very, very affluent black man that I met in Miami who um, lived out there. Listen, and yeah, I'm gonna get into that uh, open situation in New Orleans on another episode. <laughs> you gotta have me back. Oh yeah, it's definitely because I gotta <laughs> get into that because like I just I felt so I felt so just oh I was torn. I was torn. But that's a different, a different episode. So the question for you about sexuality, right? Okay. Is that the women, look, when it comes to men and women, right? I don't think about what your question is. Like, just say it. Because I, I really want to hear raw questions. Like, people are right, cool. like, so why do you see <laughs> Why is a woman's sexuality so damn powerful? Why? And so I feel like it's so undeniable. Um, because I think for a couple of reasons, I think the first reason is that it's kind of overhyped. Like, think about it. Like, it depends on what you're into. Like, I feel like men's sexuality is very powerful to me, but that's because I'm attracted to males. So I've met guys where I know I could never have sex with them, but I'm just like, damn. Um, women's sexuality is like men when it comes to money, the more powerful the more money a man has, the more attractive he becomes. And women have that 
But like I'm telling you, I don't think it's just women. I think men have that power too. I think sexuality is powerful. Okay. Because I'm going to say this, everybody who's listening or anybody's watching, they have had that one person that just brings something out of them. Like you just, you turn into a whole nother human being. You love to suck this person's dick or you love to eat this woman's pussy. Just this person just make you, you just go crazy. You like cat with catnip. Like crazy. So I think, because if that was the case, it wouldn't be male strippers. It wouldn't be male escorts. It wouldn't be male prostitutes or male porn stars. So I think the power of sexuality is not gender-based. I don't think it's just women. Now, do I think women's sexuality is overhyped? Yes. Um, because... People have always been fascinated with the idea of reproduction for since the beginning of time. Because it's not just, we don't just have sex down there. We bleed down there. We have children down there. You know, so many things that happen. And that's considered the circle of life, or the, the, you know, the fruit of life. Um, also, women are sirens. Like I said, you know, if you, ever, you study Greek mythology. Odyssey, yes. Okay. And that was really big. That was another thing my English teacher put. That was what we had to read. We had to read Homer, the Odyssey. I read the whole damn thing. Mm -hmm. And I was the only person in class that understood it. And I was the only person in class that could teach the class. I had to teach my class Homer. So annoying. Because I got it. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, this annoying ass white nigga went on this dumb ass long. <laughs> I broke it down real ghetto. Like, all right, look, this is what this shit is. Because y'all stupid. Like, But uh, they weren't stupid. I probably was just a very highly intellectual child whatever but um yeah it's a journey like in the sense of fuck i forgot what we were talking about damn that's my add acting up um oh yeah sexuality and see this is why she my role dog Shout out to the, yeah um nice. so yeah like just people people feeling like oh it's just women 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 like i said it's people men have it oh sirens that's what i was talking about so the sirens in Greek mythology made the men crash. Medusa made men turn into stone. We've been perpetuated that women's sexuality. Jezebel, Lot, Lot's wife. You can look in so many religions. And so many Delilah. Oh, no, yes. The, the strip club Delilah's. Now, you just made me think about that. I didn't even, that makes sense. Women, that, because you, the only way to bring somebody down is to take the one thing that makes them powerful and turn it against them. Which is why black and black people go through the same thing. So women's sexuality, men are afraid of it. So they make others afraid of it, and they make it seem like it's so powerful, and they overhype it when it's not that big of a deal. It's great to be sexually empowered, but it's not just women. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it can be anybody. Anybody can sexually be powerful, because I have gay friends that sexually empower other men to come to them that's why people are bisexual that's you know what i'm saying like i think that's something nobody really talks about bisexual people and what they go through you know um i'm not bisexual but i like i said i appreciate women i think women are beautiful but they don't make me sexually you know aroused but i am aroused in other ways like wow that's gorgeous or whatever so um like i said i just think that sexuality is is it's overhyped. It really is overhyped. Because like I said, if that was the case, you would love every single person that you had good sex with. And we know for sure that's not the case. And sex cannot keep a relationship going. Say it again, please. <laughs> Sounds like you feel struggling about this one. Right. Sex 
cannot keep a relationship going. We would all like it to trust and believe, but it does not keep people going. It trust and people cheat on their spouses and still go back to their spouse because they not finna leave their spouse just because they had good sex. People cheat on their girlfriends and go back to their girlfriends because they're not just finna leave for good sex. You know, I want to study that more. Like, why? How do you? How are you able to have good sex with somebody and not like them, or them not like you? Because I was with somebody for months and we did not have sex, and I would go back to that person, and I probably wouldn't have sex with them, and I love them. So that's how I. And like I said, I'm 25 saying that. I don't know how long it takes people to realize that. Like that you can like somebody and not have sex with them and still have an r- intimate relationship with them because people only think intimacy is sex. Yeah. It's not. Like I said, I've, I've liked people that I've never had sex with. Wow. I think sometimes when I have sex with certain people, it makes me not like them anymore. Yeah. Like, it just changes. But that's also because I'm a sapiosexual. So I'm intrigued by intelligence. All types of intelligence, not just bookworm smart. Like, that's actually what attracts me to somebody. They could be ugly as hell. I don't give a fuck how you look. I don't know. I don't. I don't care if you're bald, you got hair, if you black or if you white, if you tall, if you short. I'm intrigued by intelligence. I had an Uber driver like a couple of days ago. Yo, this, I don't know if he was one of the Mensa men, but I, I told him before I got out the car, I was like, yo, you smart as hell. And I was turned on by it. And he was ugly if by, by most society standards. But I was attracted to that. So I'm also attracted to power. Get what I'm saying? So this power thing, there's sexual power in a lot of different things. It's not just the pussy or not just sex. Like, honestly, I know you've watched House of Cards. Now we ain't even gonna get on the on the on the other. Uh, I'm not I'm not doing it because I'm not. Even my photographer is looking at me like, girl, if you say one thing, because she know me and she know what I really feel about it. Right. So then in House of Cards, though, they have a statement and he and Kevin Spacey says, sex is power. When I heard that, I don't know what season that was. Probably a while ago. I was blown away. Because sex is not power. Power is sex. Power is sex. So why is power sex? Because... It's domination over someone. Or it's mutual. Sex is always either you dominating someone or you're mutually benefiting. It's like 69. That'd be something mutually benefiting. But that's power. It's very powerful. But tying a bitch up or having a dog collar on a bitch or vice versa, fucking a guy with a strap on, that's power. And people give people power. Like, they're like, I'm okay with letting you have power in this moment. And vice versa. So a lot of women have issues with men eating them out. Because that's power. 
When you're on your knees and a woman's vagina is in your face, she has power over you. But it's also vice versa. And I think that's the issue with the genders. Women are okay with releasing power at times. In the bedroom, that's why I'm a submissive. Because everything else I have to be a bitch about. What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? So when I walk into the bedroom, I don't want to have to think. I don't want to have to know what the next step is going to be. I don't, unless I, but then that's not also necessarily true because sometimes I might be like, nah, I just want to suck your dick or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, come here. But that's still power. Do you see the exchange of power? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, I definitely think that power is sex. So that's meaning that power can also be other things. It's not just sex. Sex can be a form of, you know, transferring power. Money is power. So you can, you can do it with so many different things, so many different ways to exude power, which shows you that power. What I'm trying to say is power is the omnipotent thing because there's so many different branches that can come off of that. You can get power over somebody with money. So that would, you know, it would go that way. It's a trickle-down idea. You can get power over somebody with sex. You can get power over somebody with words or actions. Damn. <laughs> Too deep? No, Too no. Deep. It's, it's, that's what she said. Finally got a chance to use that joke. Yes. But all seriousness, that was, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. And I'm so happy that I was able to have you on as a guest for this show because thank you for having me and thank you for being respectful and making me feel comfortable enough to this is what I want to be talking about like this is the type of stuff I like to talk about this is the type of stuff I think people have been wanting to hear from me um and last but not least I think this is something that some people needed to hear from me I think I think a lot of people don't understand who I am I think a lot of people are fascinated by me and want to know who Alicia is aka Freak John like but it's not just me. It's other people that feel the exact same way that I feel. I'm just going to be the first motherfucker to say something. Like, Jay-Z wasn't the first guy who wanted to turn his drug money into business, but he was the first person to say something about it, and then everybody else wanted to do it. Not everybody else wanted to be, you know, or like Beyonce. Beyonce talked about, you know, losing her father as her manager. That's a very big thing. Like, I can only imagine how that felt because I... Sometimes I'd like a manager, but then I'm like, I could just be one. Because, like I said, Beyonce influences me. So when she just said, nah, fuck this shit, I'm just going to take over my own company. And it doesn't mean she don't ever call her dad or she don't ever speak to her dad or she don't, you know, take advice from her dad. But she still runs her own business. So I, I, I admire that a lot. I don't think a lot of women are taught to run their own business. Now, Freak John is its own business, and you are the businesswoman behind it. And it's not easy. It is not easy. Because I, when, I'm, when I came here to Philly, my three mentors, not my three mentors, three people that I looked up to were all men. Mm-hmm. Now I got I to gotta start from scratch because I've seen holes and I've poked holes in every single three of these people's business strategy i'll say they have dope businesses Mm -hmm. but it's holes and it's problematic things and it's patriarchy and it's rape culture and it's misogynistic 
not saying that they are, that they rape or any of that. It's just what it promotes. It's like saying you're a black person, but you want to start your own business. And everybody you look up to is white. That wouldn't be right. That would not be right. So, and vice versa. I think there's a lot of things that women can learn from men, and I am, I'm still learning. But it just, it frustrates me because it feels like sometimes that men don't want to learn from women. Or men feel like they have all the answers. Because people also got to understand men and women buy things very differently. They buy things differently. They want to be marketed to differently. They want to be talked to differently. I can be very blunt, open, and honest with women. Men don't want to hear that. I've gotten messages, DMs, phone calls. Yo, shut your fucking mouth. Yo, what the fuck? Yo, why you say that? I've never got that from a woman, ever. So I had to, in my mind, figure out who am I catering to? But I hope y'all buy my guy shirts that are coming out. <laughs> so your guy shirts? Oh yeah, I've been that's been that's been up my sleeve for almost six months, but you know it was some delays with it. So that that's still going to be done. I'm I am buying making, one. I'm buying a shirt. I'm buying two shirts. <laughs> I th- so many guys have hit me up like, "Yo, where I'm like, I got y'all. We like Issa said, we got you. Thank you. But that's the and you know it's funny. I'm attracting men, like being myself and being there for women. They always say that women buy stuff because guys buy it. Like even with my lingerie party, a lot of people were like, yo, ain't nobody finna come to that, John, because how you gonna not have no guys? I saw the pictures. People were there. And those people were happy. And I was happy. But if I looked at it from a male business perspective, I wouldn't be happy. But I had, to, I had to check myself. I went in the bathroom of my own party and was like, yo, get it together. You are a boss-ass bitch and you did this shit. I had to talk to myself that way. Stop thinking about what went wrong. Stop thinking about what you made and just accept that you're a boss-ass bitch and you did something that everybody told you that you couldn't fucking do. Now let's go to the next one. But we need that as women. We need somebody to check. I got homies that I DM and I be like, yo, I want you to model for me. Girl, you know my body. Girl, if you don't shut the fuck up, you look good. You look good. But that's pimp mentality if you really want to go there. Pimps are always telling, yo, if you don't get on that motherfucking block and make my motherfucking money. But I ain't, I'm not going to talk to you like that. They don't take all that shit. That's doing the most. But I'm going to be stern with you. That goes back to what you said earlier about women wanting a guy to be, you know, dominant. You can be See, a dom is not an asshole. A true dom. A true dom. Like, we talking about somebody that can make your ass bark. Mm-hmm. See, that's what people don't understand. Power. Go back to power. You do not have to be abusive when it comes to power. Because if you keep being abusive, just like an animal, they're going to bite your ass back. Animals got good memory the same way we do. And you abuse an animal, they're going to get your ass. May not be now, may not be tomorrow, but they're eventually going to get your ass. So it goes back to the same thing with people. Like, and that's how, that's how I'm marketing my brand. Because I get a lot of controversy for that. A lot of controversy. You too open, you too honest, you open your mouth too fucking much. Shut the fuck up. Because if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. You shouldn't even be at my john. If you mad as a guy that you couldn't come to my lingerie party, you shouldn't even have been there. 
That make that's the point that I'm trying to make. I don't tell guys not to go to the barbershop and talk shit. And my best friend is a barber. I go to the barbershop all the time. Every time I walk in that John, the guys roll their eyes like, oh, this bitch can't. I don't tell them what to say. Yo, I've heard some crazy shit at the barbershop. And I don't tell nobody how to run their shit. Don't tell us how to run our shit. Unless I ask you. Speak. Like my mama used to tell me when I was a kid. Don't speak unless spoken to. So. Any more questions? Uh, any, any last words you want to say promoting your, your um, site I want to say thank you I want to thank you for this opportunity for just giving me this platform to speak on I want to thank God for keeping me on this earth and keep doing this <laughs> he, he got a reason for everything I want to thank everybody that's ever bought a shirt from me I want to thank everybody that reads my website I want to thank everybody that has opened up to me and felt comfortable enough and last but not least I want to thank because I didn't just throw a party in Philly. I've thrown a party in Miami as well. And people came out. So I want to thank every single person that took their time, their money, and their energy and came out to support. You're not supporting me. You're supporting people that are like me. So I just, I really want to thank everybody because this is a collective effort. Thank people that took pictures for me, people that modeled for me, people that helped me get venues. Like, thank you. I really, truly truly appreciate it because I would be dead right now if I didn't have Freak John. I would literally be dead. Because I wouldn't have anything to live for. This is what I wake up to to do every day. So. Well, listen, I'm glad. Mic drop. <laughs> I'm glad that you have it. I'm glad you were here to be my guest and I appreciate you and yo much success to you and your brand um, Freak John also again for to check her out she's freakjohn.com um, it's F-R-E-A-K-J-A-W-N.com on Instagram is it the same thing? it's Instagram freakjohn.com okay yep. Instagram at freakjohn D-O-T C-O-M some of y'all can't spell dot or com <laughs> I just did it for you Yo. You know, and on Twitter, it's the same thing as well, right? Hey, a word to the wise. Don't follow me on Twitter if you can't handle the heat. Get out the kitchen, baby. All right, cool. So stick, it, stick to Instagram. Be safe. And as the freakjohn.com website, because we're going to keep it cool, keep it right. And please, if you're going to go to the website and check your stuff out, go for an educational experience. Also, to the fellas and some of the ladies, which I have to say this, but be respectful. Wherever you're reading, wherever you're seeing, if you're going to approach her, be respectful. Because the same way you want someone to speak to you, that's how you should speak to her. And anyone else out there in the world, period. So that's how it is. That's how we're getting down. This is the end of the 1984 Fly Dial Podcast, Episode 4. Thank you very much. And we out of here. That was the 1984 Fly Dial Podcast, Episode 5. I know during the podcast I said Episode 4, but, you know, I forgot. <laughs> Plain and simple, I forgot. But I hope that many of you enjoyed the podcast, that you took away something from this. And 
we learned something. I believe that every day we should learn something new. And during this recording, I learned a lot of things. A lot of things. Um, shout out again to Freak John for coming on my show and sharing her story. Shout out to Water Rice Radio for featuring the uh, 1984 Fly.podcast um, on their lineup. Really, really appreciate that. And most of all, I appreciate all of you for listening. Very grateful. And catch you guys on the flip side. Peace and love. Yo, wins.